What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the free Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Thursday, October 26th, 20 and 23. And the Buck and I have you until 10 o'clock. We are loaded on today's show. Coming up at 8.30, Jared Lloyd, who covers BYU up in Utah. He will join us to preview the Cougar side of this Saturday's matchup between Texas and BYU. Plus, Dusty Baker hangs up the toothpick. The World Series gets going tomorrow. The football weekend really starts tonight. Wemby makes his debut. It is the anniversary of one of the best press conference rants in sports history. We've got buck ons and buck offs. We've got the Bucks Heisman watch. We are jam-packed right here on a Thursday morning on Texas Sports Unfiltered. What's going on, Buck? How you doing this morning, BK? I'm doing fantastic. Looks like we're going to have a little rain today. It's so the 24-hour 24 24-hour window is still there that I've chosen for myself. Well, you don't get 24 hours both ways, right? You just get a total. Oh, no. I get, oh, no, I get it both ways. I get it from behind and I get it from the front. That, I get it from the front end and the behind, yeah. That, that sounds pretty gay. Dude. <laughs> I'm getting it, brother. I got it. It's rain. It's rained. You said you got some already. Oh, yeah. It's been raining here in the Oak Hill area this morning. They get rained overnight, too. So it's coming down, and we've needed it for a while. Yes, so we have. I won't complain about it, and I think the temperatures are supposed to start dropping around oh. here in the not-too-distant future. So I'm cool with rain right now. I don't want rain on Saturday at no, DKR. It can rain. It can rain everywhere else in Austin on Saturday. But I just don't want it raining on Malik Murphy's first career start because there's enough oh. that young man's got to deal with already, you know, starting his first ever college football game. I don't want him to have to deal with a, a wet ball as he makes his debut to try to keep Texas's hopes alive for a Big 12 championship. No doubt about it. That is not that's not a good start. You don't want that. Now, as I always say, weather can be friend or foe, not for a starter the first time out. You don't want you just want clear skies. You want a nice sunny day. Cool day, whatever you have to have, but a wet day will not be fun. So I don't think – I mean, it doesn't say very much about Saturday anyway. Just It talks about a little bit today and maybe some tomorrow, but it sounds like Saturday should be okay. Yeah, I hope that is the case. The Coda yeah. text line, 512-222-9328. Buck, you want to say good morning to our friends at Fort Cavazas? Good morning to the soldiers at Fort Cavazas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day all over this wide, wide world, up sports and more. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated, and we appreciate it each and every day. And please be careful out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've got plenty to get into over the next couple of hours. We've got some fun stories to talk about and a few hilarious video clips to play for the people today. But, Buck, I think we've got to open up with the big commitments for Texas football. Yesterday afternoon, during Fire the Cannon, funny enough, Five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo officially announced his commitment to the University of Texas, picking the Longhorns over Missouri. You're like, Missouri? Are we talking about football? What do you mean? The guy was between Texas and Missouri? Well, the kid's from St. Louis. Yes. So it was a back-and-forth recruitment. Hell, Ryan Wingo actually went to the Mizzou-South Carolina game in Columbia this past weekend, which caused a lot of insiders 
to change their crystal ball projections, right? Everyone started thinking, okay, well, the week before he commits, he's going to the Mizzou game. He's from St. Louis. His family probably wants him to stay close to home. Yeah, this kid's probably going to end up going to Mizzou. And most projections flipped from Texas to Missouri. But yesterday in front of a gym full of people at his high school, Ryan Wingo, one of the top receivers, one of the top players in the class of 2024, announced his commitment to the University of Texas. And this is a big-time get for Steve Sarkeesian. Well, when, when he gets to sign at that early window in December, you got to get his name on the dotted line. This recruitment will go to the bitter end. That's just the way it is. I mean, he will have people in his ear from this point on. He can verbally commit to anywhere he wants to, but till he signs the paper, you just, you just don't know. I mean, this is a hometown kid. Missouri's playing pretty good football right now, and they won't stop. Nobody, as a matter of fact, it's not just Missouri. There's nobody in the nation that's going to stop when you got a top five or six player in the country. You know, they're just going to keep on going and keep on after him until, until that day comes. And that's – you just got to keep recruiting. And one thing Sark has done is done a great job of knowing how to recruit, knowing how to recruit in the summertime. It doesn't matter when it is. This guy has been on cue. Not many of them who said they are coming have changed their mind and gone elsewhere. But this is a top five guy, so you just don't know. Uh, it's not over till it's over. Yeah, well said. I mean, even if Ryan Wingo committed to Mizzou yesterday, I think people right. would be saying the same thing. Like, you've got to get Ryan Wingo to put pen to paper in December and ultimately sign with Texas. But obviously getting the commitment is a huge start. It certainly is. In doing that. And yeah, Ryan Wingo, you mentioned it, the fifth-ranked player in the country according to 24-7 Sports. I think the 24-7 Sports composite rankings, which is uh, just an average of all of the recruiting sites, has him as the 24th-ranked player in the country, but still a five-star everywhere you look. 6'2", yeah. 205, some A.J. Brown comparisons, some Traylon Burks comparisons. Obviously, you think about what A.J. Brown's doing in the league with Philadelphia right now, and that gets you excited. But you think about what both A.J. Brown and Traylon Burks did in college in the SEC, oh, and yeah. that gets you pretty excited too. So, yeah, this dude, his highlight tape is pretty freaking ridiculous. And Texas is going to need some receivers, Buck. I mean, we don't, we don't know exactly – what the offseason is going to hold for this program, but we know Xavier Worthy can go pro after this year. Yeah, A.D. Mitchell can go pro after this year. Both of those guys are seeing their names in mock drafts in the first round right now, especially Xavier Worthy. Like, he's in the first right. round of just about every mock draft that you look at. Those two guys are gone. Jordan Whittington, I think, has to leave yeah, after time. this year. Yeah, so you're talking been. about your top three receivers being gone after this year, which means, yeah, Texas is going to need some help in that wide receiver room, and there might be an opportunity for Ryan Wingo to play early here if he does ultimately come to Austin. Yeah, I mean, if he's a top five or top ten kid in the country, he'll be playing. No matter where he goes, he'll get on the field some somehow. And at this place, he's got to get on the field. They don't have anybody else. They just don't, you know. And uh, this, is, this is a huge get, and that's a good area to get a guy from. Boy, they got some really talented players in that area in St. Louis, so. Uh, if you get one from there, that kind of opens up the opens up the gates for you a little bit in that area, and that's that that'd be great for University of Texas. It really would be. And yeah. That's a that's a need position after this year. Hell, that's a need position now. So wow. uh, you just don't you just don't know. You know, as I said, but this is a a recruitment that when you get to the level of recruiting these kind of guys, it is all day, all night. You're on this. You're on the case all day and all night with a guy like this because he's a local. And, and the University of Missouri is they're, – they're playing decent football. They really are, you know. And 
It all depends on it all depends on your quarterback. So you're looking at that kid's going to be looking at Malik Murphy and his first start this weekend and seeing what kind of guy he is, what kind of player he is. Now he's hearing all the right things about Malik Murphy, but he's never seen him. He's like us. We've never seen him in action. So he's going to get a good look at this this weekend and and want to see what he's walking into if he yep. decides to walk into the University of Texas. Well, is it Malik Murphy or is it Arch Manning? I mean, we know who we'll see this weekend, but. Well, he knows he's going into a place that has two talented quarterbacks, you know, on paper. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Wingo apparently spent a lot of time with Arch Manning during his official visit Mm -hmm. for the Wyoming game a couple of weeks ago. So, look, we don't know what the future holds at the Texas quarterback spot, but uh, it's understandable that either Malik Murphy or Arch Manning would be, you know, an attractive guy for some of these receivers to play with. But uh, Arch Manning, I mean, we saw the effect that his commitment – an ultimate signing had on Texas's 2023 class. Plenty of reason to believe that him being on campus right now is in effect on what's going to happen on the recruiting front for Texas over the next couple of oh, years for sure. while he's on campus. So, yeah, I mean, look, you've got until December. You've got a couple of months to make sure that Ryan Wingo stays committed to the University of Texas. And once somebody commits, now all of the other schools know exactly what they're recruiting against, right? I right. Chip talk about this all the time. So, you know, Mizzou's going to try to find whatever dirt on Texas and whatever dirt on Sark that they could possibly find. And, hell, some of the other schools that were in the mix might try to get back in the mix too. But, uh, yeah, big time, big time. Let's hear from Ryan Wingo. This is uh, courtesy of our friends at 24-7 Sports. Kind of a one-minute back-and-forth interview from his high school gym right after he put on the Texas hat in St. Louis. Here's a little back and forth from our friends at 24-7 Sports. Ryan, you went through a whirlwind recruitment. Mm-hmm. What made the Longhorns and Steve Sarkeesian's program stand up? Uh, I think just that, that Sarkeesian offense and how he utilized his receivers, um, it's just different. You know, they get the, they get the ball to their receivers, and he want to go play somewhere where they get the, the receivers the ball, and they got the quarterback, so let's do it. What is the University of Texas getting in Ryan Wingo when he arrives on campus. I think getting a hard worker from 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 St. Louis, you know. Uh, I gotta put on for St. Louis while I'm up there. So, you know, they getting a hard worker to gonna come in and try to compete from the start. Ryan, a lot of people here today thought that you were going to Missouri leading mm-hmm. into this week. What changed over the last week or so that led you to the University of Texas? Like I said, our Sarkeesian offense is different. Uh, he get he get his receivers the ball and everything like that. So I think just from that standpoint, you know, you you, you want to go play somewhere where you're getting the ball. So that's, that's the big thing. Congratulations, Ryan. Emily, back to you guys in that. So there yeah, you go. I mean, that kid looks like a daggum forward in basketball. Yeah, he's a, six he's two, a, he's, two There's no skin and bones there. There's, no, there's nothing thin about him. He's a big, solid-looking young man. And wait till, wait till he gets – believe me, he, he's probably not hit the weight room Really like he's going to hit it once he gets to the college level. He is he's a monster. Looks like a tight end almost. Yeah, yeah. Once uh, Tory Beckton gets a hold of him, I'm oh, excited yeah. to see what uh, the future holds for Ryan Wingo. But that Sark offense, man. I mean, look, I'm sure Ryan Wingo's seeing it. I'm sure Sark's using it as a recruitment tool, right? Like I got two wide receivers who might be first round picks yes. in the NFL draft this year. And look at all of these wide receivers that I had at Alabama that I helped coach into first. Look at all around the league, yeah. And hey, I, I coached a Heisman Trophy winner at wide receiver. You know how often that happens in college football? Almost never. I coached that guy. I coached that offense that developed that guy. So Sark's got plenty of ammunition in his bag when it comes to 
trying to convince a wide receiver that playing for him is the right move. And clearly it worked to get Ryan Wingo. So. Yeah. And, it, and you just, as I said, you just keep on him and keep on him. And, you know, because it's, as you said, when I, when the, when the reporter asked him about um, what made you decide, I mean, they thought you were, they thought you were going to Missouri. I don't like that thought. No, I mean, that, that for some reason, I still don't, don't like to hear the Mizzou thing. Too many, too many buddies close to home, too many family members close to home. You know, you're going to have to keep, you're going to have to keep beating Missouri every day on yeah. this kid. I mean, you're going to, you're going to have to keep winning too, right? Like yes, I, I, don't ex- I don't expect Mizzou to go out there and win the SEC East, right? Cause that includes a win over Georgia, which just didn't going to happen. But like if Mizzou keeps winning, Yes. And, you know, maybe the kid's like, all right, well, maybe they're actually building something here. Maybe under, it's me. Maybe I'm the deciding factor in helping them get over the hump. Under under Eli Drinkwitz. Well, yeah, he, he can think that. That's probably still not going to be <laughs> no. the case. Uh, but, yeah, look, if Texas all of a sudden falls off over the last month of the season, which I don't expect to happen, but obviously that could impact Ryan Wingo's decision too. Sure so, could. yeah, you got to keep recruiting him, but also you got to keep winning games on the field and – uh, if that's the case, hopefully Texas is able to actually get Ryan Wingo to sign. But uh, awesome news, man. This was unexpected. Once again, the, the last few days after Wingo made that visit, that final visit to Columbia, hell, he took a ton of visits, officials and unofficials, to Missouri over the last few months. Uh, it kind of felt like Mizzou was the leader of the clubhouse, but Texas stayed the course, and they were able to find a way to get that commitment from Ryan Yeah, Wingo. and for the kid, that's the right thing to do. You need to make sure, if you're a hometown kid, that – you're not going to go, you know, you want to, there's something about that place that you like with the, with I mean, more than just it's close to home. There's something about the program that you like. So Screw you got to go make sure, huh? Screw Mizzou, bunch of yeah. journalists. There ain't nothing to like about them. Oh man. The losers. Now you got them. See, now you got them. Well, that's the Kansas fan in me coming out. That's not the Texas trying to win this recruitment battle. That's just me hating Missouri. So bunch of nerds over there how about how about three five stars now in this class for steve sarkisian this class ranks 13th in the country right now according to the 24 7 composite rankings and i expect that ranking to continue to shoot up over these next couple of months remember continue to win yeah texas closed with the top three class coming off of an eight and five season last year uh if they're able to get to 10 wins 11 wins 12 wins this year then uh, reason to think the class could be just as good. Did you say twelve wins? Yeah, that's a lot of wins. Yeah, it's a lot of wins. I mean, well, they could get up to fourteen. That's the best best case scenario because that means they're winning a national championship. But you know, they go eleven and one, Big Twelve championship. That'd be twelve. They could get to thirteen with a playoff win, and then fourteen with a national title win. Or if they go ten and two. No, Big 12 championship win, that's 11. Bowl win is 12. It's doable. Okay, what what was your original thought this year? Nine and three. Well, you're that realistic guy, the real guy. Yep. You're you're not – that's not the dreamer in you. That's the realistic guy in you. The nine and three? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, The dreamer is 15 and 0, but that can't happen (laughs) anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still I'm still a little nervous about uh, there being another loss on Texas's schedule. I think it look, people would be disappointed with 10 and 2 uh with Quinn Ewers missing time if he has to miss like 3 or 4 weeks and Texas loses a game, would people still be upset? Yes, I think there'd be a little bit more understanding if that were to be the case. Well, that but, was the beginning of the season also. If Quinn Ewers if something were to have happened to him, we'd already talked about 
then if they, they lose two or three games, then, I mean, what can you do? You lose your starting quarterback. That's yeah. the way life is in big, you know, in, in big time college football, you lose that guy. You're not just rolling anybody in there to take that guy's place. That guy's pretty special if he's the starter at this level. Sure. I'm with you hundred percent. I mean, even, even with Quinn missing time, I think two more losses would really piss some people off considering yes. what the schedule looks like for Texas the rest of the way. But uh, we'll see, man. I mean, the Longhorns, I like the line keeps going up. The line's at 18 right now for Texas this Saturday against BYU. Um, I expect Texas to be favored against K-State next weekend, even though K-State's playing some really good football as of late, even though I don't think Quinn Ewers is going to be back for that game against no. the Purple Cats. I still think the Longhorns will be favored next Saturday. So there will be people who are uh, undoubtedly upset if Texas does slip up anywhere, but if they, they keep winning, that's obviously going to continue to help with recruiting. Well, this is the best of, of timing. If there is a best of timing for a young player to start, to get his first start at home against BYU, you know, you're, you're coming off a, 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 a nice win. You won the football game where you could have lost the football game. And now you've got to now, now, as, as you said, this is, this is Malik Merv. This is his opportunity. I mean, He's been sitting around almost three years. This is his opportunity. What is he going to do with his opportunity? There's all kinds of stuff. We talk about how everybody else has to play up to a standard. He himself now, after three years, is going to have to play to a standard where he doesn't have any experience. He's just going to have to go in there and do it. Yeah. He's going to have to rely on, on what he's learned and how the head coach has taught him in the, at the quarterback position, why he came to Texas, you know, why he didn't disappear and go somewhere else and, and play and probably start somewhere else now. Now this is his opportunity here. This is what he's waited for. I mean, he stuck around here long enough, you know? Yeah, I, he didn't stay here because he loved the education or he loved the city of Austin. I'm sure those things helped, don't get me wrong. But he stayed here because he wanted the opportunity to be the quarterback at the University of Texas. Right. And he was hoping for this moment. I don't, I don't think he necessarily wanted the guy in front of him to get hurt because no. I'm sure he and Quinn Ewers have a good relationship. But no, Malik Murphy stayed here because he felt like he could be the guy here. So now he gets his chance, man. And Malik Murphy's got to be thinking, oh, if I play well enough, I might be the guy. Like, I want to play well enough to where Quinn Ewers doesn't get his job back. Now, I don't know if that's realistic, right? Like Sark might love Quinn Ewers enough to the point where, hey, there's really nothing Malik Murphy can do over the next two to three weeks that is going to keep him as the starting quarterback when Quinn is healthy. But that's got to be Malik's mindset, right? Like I've got to play well enough to convince the guys in the locker room, but also to convince my head coach that I am the best option at quarterback for this football team. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not willing to give that job up. If I can roll off two or three wins – until the, the starting quarterback is healthy again and I'm on a roll. I mean, you don't mess around with this. You don't mess around with a streak and you don't mess around with a hot quarterback. Why sit him on the bench? You don't know what you're going to get. If, if Quinn yours comes back, you don't know how, how he's going to be. I'll, all I know is if I, if I rolled off two or three wins, I'm going with the guy who rolled off the last two or three wins. You got to do, I mean, now you're down to the, to the bitter end, you know, two or three games from now, you're coming down to the end where where it's going to matter to get into the, you know, get into not only the college playoffs, but to get into the Big 12 championship game again. You get a chance to face Oklahoma once again. Yeah, I, so, I mean, Malik Murphy's got to leave no doubt, right? Isn't that the yes. classic football expression, leave no doubt? Right, I mean, I, I'm like, the guy. Sark's going to want to go back to Quinn Ewers. I just think about last year, how Sark had the longest leash ever with Quinn Ewers, right? Even though he had Hudson Card, who was a veteran, behind him. 
I mean, in a couple of games, the Oklahoma State game comes to mind where it's just like, dude, bring Hudson Card in the game so we can win, please. Like, Quinn just doesn't yeah. have it today. But Sark just stuck with Quinn. Like, I, I, I fully expect Sark to go back to Quinn. But I guess there's a scenario where Malik plays so well. Like, it's not just Texas winning games. If Texas goes, you know, 2-0 and over these next two weeks, that'd be great. And I'm sure there would be some Texas fans who are like, no, let's stick with Malik Murphy. But it's got to be like Malik Murphy putting up great numbers. Texas winning games because of Malik Murphy. Yes, because he's awesome. had a great where he's thrown for four touchdown passes and they, they're running the ball and, the, and there's a, a certain vibe to the team. Yes, that, yeah. that's what it'll take. Like Can't if Jonathan be- Brooks goes for 150 the next two weeks and, and Malik Murphy doesn't even throw for 200 passing yards, it's like right. ah, Cool. Hey, great job. Thank you for keeping this ship afloat, but we're, we're going back to the starter. Well, now. Yeah, we can find somebody to hand the ball off. Yeah. 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 So that's uh, that's where it will be. But uh, final thought on Ryan Wingo, uh, three five stars for Texas. Now, Colin Simmons, the edge rusher out of Duncanville, Brandon Baker, the offensive tackle out of modern day in California. And Ryan Wingo, the five-star receiver out of St. Louis, Missouri. Just keep winning. Get to the championship game and you'll get a couple more of those kind of guys. I think you're right. I think but you can't. You, they, they, nobody's right. going to care, and those guys aren't going to care that your quarterback got hurt if you lose a couple games. That's that's not going to be their mindset when they started picking schools. They're not going to say, "Well, we lost our starting quarterback. Here's what we got. Sorry about us. Our championship run." No, those those type of players are not going to go. They're not buying that. Well, somebody will buy the players if they're not buying that because yes, we got yeah. that nil cash coming in, baby. You know that played a role. Oh yes, yeah. in this recruitment. So absolutely. Good get for Steve Sarkeesian and this Texas coaching staff. Give Chris Jackson, the wide receivers coach, some love, too, for being a big part of this recruitment. Coming up in about eight minutes, Jared Lloyd, who covers BYU for the Daily Herald up in Utah Valley. He's going to join us to continue our preview of Texas and BYU. But uh, first, Buck, how about some love for some of our fantastic sponsors? All right, let's talk about Dr. Greg Eckert, my guy, because I've got to go see him because, of course, you know, with my dental insurance, I'm ready to get that done. And if you've got dental insurance, talk to Dr. Eckert about using that dental insurance with him so that you don't lose it at the end of December, getting into the new year. You're going to get new, a new insurance policy. So use your dental insurance. And a lot of folks do like this, PK. They will wait till the very last moment, just like a lot of things. And the same thing with their dental care and using that insurance. But give Dr. Eckert a call today, 512 512- 345-3166. See if he's going to take in a new patient and help you out, especially if you're suffering from toothache, tooth decay, whatever's going on. But if you want that great smile like I got with it, just two visits and these beautiful veneers going into 2024. See, I've had these babies. See those right there? I've had these babies now for six years. So I will go into 2024 looking like Denzel Washington without Denzel Washington's wallet. That's, that's okay. That's, money's not everything. You know what I mean? It's some things. It's just not everything. All right. The it's smile the is what thing. the smile is what matters. And Dr. Edgar can give you that in just two visits. But if you're interested in leaving on the same day with that smile, you know, turn that frown upside down with dental implants. Find out if you're a candidate with Dr. Edgar for that. But general general dentistry, extractions, teeth cleaning, teeth widening, tooth loss solution. Dr. Eckert is right on top of that. And if folks, if you're afraid and you don't want to get a big dog like I have, you know, sit that big dog on the porch, get IV sedation. If you're having problems with your teeth, don't not take care of your teeth. Please don't say, I don't want to do this because it hurts. Well, get knocked out. You know, IV sedation may be the way to go. As I said, I've known people 
BK that won't even go to the dentist to get their teeth clean unless yes. you knock them smooth out. That's how nervous they are when they sit in that chair. Now, I'm cool with the chair because when I went to Dr. Ecker's office, I was out front there. I didn't sit around for 45 minutes, a half hour, and then somebody comes back and all you hear is the sounds in the back of the teeth getting grinded. I was, they took care of me in about two or three minutes once I was there for my first visit. I went back. I was satisfied. We talked about what I wanted to have done. And, and it got done, as I said, two visits. I got these beautiful veneers. I had temporaries put in and the temporaries, the temporaries were so good. I went on a trip to Alaska. I wanted to keep the temporaries when I got back. And I said, I got so used to them. They look so good and so white and bright. And my teeth are all big and square. I didn't look like a horse. I look good. And I said, can I keep these? He goes, no, dude. We're going to shape these babies up for you, just like the teeth that you have, the size that you have, and the smile that you want. But I love that guy. I love going. I've never liked going to the dentist, but I don't mind going to Dr. Ecker. I really, really don't. And you shouldn't either. Find out if you're a candidate for all these things that we've talked about. But see if he's taking on new patients, even for 2024, 512-345-3166. He's our dentist. should be your dentist also. How was the wildest live read i think i've ever heard in my entire life gotta have it man you gotta have you gotta have your teeth taken care of i mean people don't people don't think of that but man that screws with your regular health if you don't take care of your teeth and you start letting those things have problems you will have problems in other places throughout your body and all your cavities in different spots so well, you're, you're talking about being scared of getting a big dog and i have no idea what that has to do with teeth and then you're talking about <laughs> doggo your temporary teeth being big and sweaty no you said sweaty no big and then and... looking like a horse <laughs> what? What? look at this <laughs> smile man i love these teeth this especially if you want to take those selfies you know especially yeah. the ladies i like, take the selfies you know you yes. have a nice smile man that's the live read right there. Just smile. That's all Absolutely. that you need to say. Just, uh, yeah, Doc, you the best of the business. Make sure you check out Doggo. Get yourself a doggo. Yeah, if you're, you're scared of a big dog, go to the dentist. What <laughs> on earth are you talking about, man? Come on, man. Uh, shout out to Doc, you. And shout out to our friends at Centex Tickets as well. If you're looking for Texas BYU tickets, look no further than CentexTickets.com. If you're looking for World Series tickets, game yeah. one tomorrow night. In Arlington, game two, Saturday night in Arlington. If you want to be there, they've got the tickets on site right now at sendtextickets.com. Every sporting event, every concert, every Broadway show, festivals, whatever, you name it. They've got it. You got Send it. Sendtextickets.com. And also shout out to 7-Eleven. Yeah, sheesh, what's happening, man? You going to uh, get your hard copy today? You know what? I'm getting my hard copy on the way. I'm, I'm hopefully supposed to play a little golf today, so we'll see. I know. Don't look outside. It's humid out there. That's all that matters. You know, you can play things in the rain. You can do things in the rain. But, yeah, I'm going to grab my hard copy on the way to play a little golf today. Mm. That's why I don't read the newspaper, because it's garbage. Come on. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we know where to get it, though. We know where to get that hard copy. Oh, man. Shout out 7-Eleven. They got all the snacks. All the coffee, the big gulps, the Slurpees, the food, the little Debbies. The little hot dogs in the rotisserie. Get your fingers away from their construction dudes. Use Get the damn tongs, construction dudes, because I'm coming in there and I want a clean hot dog. You want okay. a clean wiener. That's right. I always want a clean wiener, man. <laughs> want anything wrong with that wiener. Uh, shout out to 7-Eleven. Love, love having those folks on board with us at Texas Sports Unfiltered. And how about a recorded spot here?
from our friends, if I could find it, at Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Shout out to our friends at Pest Wranglers. Yes, sir. All right. We uh, await Jared Lloyd here. You know what I'm going to have, though, today when I do go to 7-Eleven? I am going to have an Olipop because if I am going to go play golf, I'm going to grab a hold of an Olipop today. Instead of grabbing an ice-cold Coca-Cola, a nasty Coca-Cola, you know, I'm going to have myself a nice grape Olipop before I play because the ingredients are good. It'll help me. Help me hydrate myself there before I play because it's no matter if the sun is out or not, it's still hot out, humid out. You drink an Olipop before you play golf, you might shoot your best round ever. You just might. I could. I oh, you know what? I do hear the rain now. Uh oh. I hear it. <laughs> there I goes that idea. There goes that idea is right. Oh man. Shout out to Olipop. Yeah, you can get it at 7 Eleven or H E B, Target, Costco. Walmart, Costco, wherever you get your drinks, your groceries in general. Just get uh, some Olipop, man. It's great tasting soda that is actually good for you. I don't know how they made it happen, but they made it happen. Uh Buck. Victor Webanyama made his yeah. NBA debut last night. For the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio. And unfortunately for him and for Spurs fans, the Dallas Mavericks came into town and spoiled it. Mavericks 126, Spurs 119. I think more people care about the individual performance of Victor Wembanyama than the game itself. Wemby really struggled through three quarters. Uh, just six points. Made a couple of threes. Was not much of a factor at all on the offensive end of the floor. Also was dealing with foul trouble, too. I think he had five fouls by the end of the third quarter, so his minutes were pretty low. And he did turn things on, though, in the fourth quarter. Had nine points in the fourth quarter, made another couple of threes, had a couple of jumpers as well, and ended up with 15 points and five rebounds in his debut. Only 23 minutes for Wemby because of the aforementioned foul trouble. Uh, he looked, you know, it's one game. Uh, you're sure. not going to overreact too much to it either way. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a great performance by Victor Wembanyama, but hey, game one, jitters, nerves. You understand why it wasn't completely perfect last night for the uh, number one overall pick. Yeah, and when you're when you're playing in your first game and you're as highly touted as he is, you want things to be perfect, and they're just not going to be. He doesn't have that 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 NBA body of his that people are going to bang into him. He's going to. He's going to get some veterans in there that are going to want to get physical. Yeah, he can. He's got the reach on him. You know what I'm saying? He's going to block some shots. But when they go body to body, they're going to call fouls on him. You know, if he doesn't clean block them, he doesn't have the body to go in there and deal with those guys. And that he'll find that out early in the first couple of games. But then he'll start getting used to it, and he'll start dominating players. You know what I'm saying? He'll know how to use his body. He'll know how to block shots without leaning into guys. I mean, and 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 he's still going to be a little awkward at first. You know, that's there's a lot of arms and legs with that guy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, he's of, as lanky as you wow. could possibly be. I mean, he's seven three, and it looks like he's about 130 pounds. Yes, yes. I mean, it looks like if you just bump him, he's going to go flying into the stands. 
but he can be physical, but his deal is he'll try to, what he'll try to do, BK, he'll try to be too physical right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And even that, that 190 or whatever he weighs, you're going to file people, you know, they're not going to let you, he's going to try to body up, but he's going to, they're going to get, they're going to get elbows and a lot of arms into their backs and they're going to have to call it on him. Yeah. And he'll grow into it. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be, he'll be fantastic. Like you said, in that the late in the game though, you're not afraid to shoot those threes though. No, no, he's not. I, I thought he was spending too much time on yeah. the perimeter. Honestly, like, dude, you're seven three, seven four. Go, go down low. The Mavs don't have anybody your height. Like, go post somebody up. Try to make something happen on the low block. And uh, he wasn't doing a ton of that. Once again, in the fourth quarter, he looked uh, more complete and figured some things out and got more comfortable. And the Spurs kind of made it more of a point of emphasis to get him the ball. Sure, and he's got that ability. I mean, he he can score in spurts. Right. Now Drummond so, is the guy that came from is with the Mavs now, right? The big guy, Drummond. Is he the guy that at one time played? No, no, he's not on the Mavs now. You're talking about Andre Drummond? Yeah, no, nah, he's not on the Mavs now. Who is their big man? Who's who's the guy that he ended up bumping around with last night? Well, the the big story. I mean, there were two, I guess, three first round picks in the game because the Mavs had a couple. But mm-hmm. uh, the 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 guy who outplayed Victor Wembanyama was Derek Lively, the kid out of Duke. Yeah, the tenth pick in the draft. Um, he actually had a better debut. Sure, than Victor Wembanyama did. He had sixteen points and ten rebounds on seven of eight shooting. He was plus twenty. Off the bench for the Mavs, yeah. Derek Lively was really, really good, and he looks like a nice fit with uh, what the Mavs are trying to do on offense. He could be a big time pick and roll player with Luka Doncic. There were a few easy alley oops for Derek Lively yesterday because of Luka's playmaking. So, yeah, I mean, Victor Wembanyama, forget being the best player on the floor last night. He wasn't even the best rookie. No, or last night. Once again, don't don't panic if you're a Spurs fan. He's going to be fine. The Spurs play the Rockets tomorrow. The Rockets suck. They lost by 30 to the freaking Magic in their opener last night. So I uh, I expect Wimmy to – Yeah, put, he'll get well in a hurry, won't he? Yeah, I expect him to put up a pretty ludicrous stat line uh, tomorrow night and really show everybody what he's capable of. But now Derek Lively, he had a great debut for the Mavs. And look, the best player on the floor is one of the best players in the world. That's Luka. Right. There's no 30, doubt about the way he played last night. Yeah, 33-point triple-double. I, I don't think he had a triple-double in the last 40 games – uh, of the year last year, which is so weird considering how many he's had over the course of his young career. Uh, but yeah, pretty good start to the season for Luka Doncic, 33, 13, and 10 as the Mavs get a victory. This game was close throughout, but the Mavs pulled away in the final couple of minutes to get the seven point win. The cover. The cover, indeed. Yeah. Uh, you're betting on basketball or your cousin's betting on basketball? Hey, it was five. Come on, with Luca, you know he wasn't going to be outdone. That's that's that wasn't an easy pick, but they won by seven. It's okay. God bless you, man. Betting on the NBA. I think the NBA has been my cousin's worst sport to bet on in really? his life, dude. That, there are so many BS backdoor covers in the NBA. Like to me, more than any other sport. I know you have to deal with that everywhere, but Get I think the early. NBA. Get them early. NBA is the hardest sport to bet on for me. Can't do it. Can't gotta get them. Gotta get them early, kid. Yeah, I guess so. Because when the when the load management starts coming into play, oh, look out. What else did you have last night, or what else did your cousin have last night in the Jacksonville league? State? They're not in the NBA. No, no, I didn't mess around with anything. Nothing else in the NBA. Just the one because I I didn't think Luca wanted to be outdueled by that dude. Yeah, game. Well, you know he was going to come up big. I thought he was going to have a fifty point night. You had Jacksonville State against Florida International. How about that? 
You need help. What? The line was nine. Come on. That wasn't even close. 41 to 16, I yeah, guess. Yeah, baby. There's a that should have been a unit play. I don't yeah. like mid midweek unit whack Mac play. No way. Mm. Uh, I got a question for you, Buck. Maybe I'm an idiot, but what, what time is 7:30 mountain time? That's 8:30 our time, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, Jared Lloyd should be here. I'm not sure where he is. Try to send him another email to see if uh, this guy can join us. But we talked last night. Remember this, more of us and less of the duck boat is a good thing. More More of us and and less of Jared is another good thing. That's right. That's how we figure it out. Well, we hope to get Jared on the show because he does cover BYU. And it'd be nice to get uh, an insider's perspective on the team coming to Austin this weekend. But you do reference the duck boat. And yeah. Austin Duck Adventures. You see yes. those duck boats rolling around downtown and into Lake Austin. Got a convention center. There is now a giant picture of Bucky and BK on the side of those duck boats. That's the word on the street. And what you see is how big I really am. So you need to back up. Oof. Don't be no. going over and touching the picture either. I don't be putting m- mustaches and things like that on a picture of that duck boat either. Oh, that's good. Oh, how funny would that be if someone started drawing on our faces? Oh, no. That deal. That don't actually... give these people, those people, those kind of ideas. Hey, that'd be good for branding, though, right? More people would look and be like, who the hell are those jabronis <laughs> that have writing on the sides of their faces? Yeah, so... thank, thank you to, to Paul and the guys down there at Austin Duck Adventures for doing that. I appreciate that. Those yeah. are, they did, that's well done. Let me see if I could pull up a picture of that real quick. And that's big too. That's not just a little, it's not a little mug. That's those things are big. Yeah, ginormous. And no, that's not on the side of some railroad car with a bunch of hobos jumping on. No. Yeah. We don't want any hobos jumping on us. There you go. You see that? How about that? That's it. Right there. Bucky and BK. Weekdays from eight to ten. Bigger than the damn duck. I'm telling you, on the side of the uh, duck boats, you can see that rolling around downtown over the next few weeks. If you do see it, take a picture. Send it to us. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a badass. Shout out to our friends at Austin Duck Adventures. Go get on uh, one of those duck boats, man. Oh, for sure. A ton of fun. They're not just for tourists either. Like, even if you live in Austin, if you've never been on one of those things, you get to learn a lot about the city of Austin and also have a great time doing it. Okay, Buck, let's um, let's have some fun real quick, shall we? Before yes, we get back into absolutely. Texas and BYU. Uh, we've got a special anniversary. This day in sports history. 15 years ago today, one of the best press conference rants of all time happened after a San Francisco 49ers game. It involved the Hall of Famer, Mike Singletary. Here's oh. here's uh this is his first game as a head coach, right? He had just taken over midseason for San Francisco. This rant comes after his very first game as a head coach. And here's how it went. Vernon, Vernon just uh it was something that I told everybody at the very beginning of the week. I will not tolerate um players that think it's about them when it's about the team. And um, we cannot make we cannot make decisions that cost the team, and then come off the sideline and it's nonchalant. No, you know what? 
I, I, this is how I believe, okay? I'm from the old school. I believe this. I would rather play with 10 people and just get penalized all the way until we got to do something else, rather than play with 11 when I know that right now that person is not sold out to be a part of this team. It is more about them than it is about the team. I cannot play with them, cannot win with them, cannot coach with them, can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Go ahead. What's up next? I told him that he would do a better job for us right now, taking a shower and coming back and watching the game than going out on the field. Simple as that. We, we did not play anywhere near um, where I felt we could have played. And rather than go into the, well, see, this happened here and, and that guy was out of play, I'm not going through that. I'm just going to apologize and uh, just ask you guys to, I won't even say anything. I just, just, just keep watching. That's all I can tell you. you just keep watching. And we'll go from there. Mm. He didn't come up. You mean he didn't come up with, hey, they did something different? No. I'm not going to tell you they did something different that we weren't expecting. What? Are you saying Sark is a worse coach than Mike Singletary? No, I'm not saying that. But he saying. didn't say. No, no. Mike Singletary is, was not a good head coach at all. No. Can't win no. with him. Can't but he was right him. about that. Can't win with him. Mm. Can't coach with him. Can't play with him. No. I want will not do winners. It. He wants winners. He wants guys that are about the team and not about themselves. Well, Mike, you found out that you played in the NFL and the NFL is full of guys about themselves. Surprisingly, are you? He's not surprised at that. I, I know he couldn't have been. So he's great. been around it, huh? It's so great. Once again, that that was after his first game as a head coach. Like really, he had all that pent up aggression. He just wanted to tell the media about that because he took over on an interim basis, right? He was yes. the offensive coordinator in San Francisco. They fired Mike Nolan the week before, and so he gets the job. And boom. I mean, he gets his chance to tell the public what's going on with his team, and he just unloads on, on Vernon, Vernon Davis. Davis. Yeah. yeah, and the rest of the guys in that locker room. So He'd been ready to get on Vernon Davis as an assistant coach. You know that. Hey, I'll He's tell had you what. to sit around and listen. Ver Vernon Davis was a better player after that. He was. Yeah, he ended up having a fantastic career in the NFL, most of it with the San Francisco 49ers. He was a very uh, talented tight end, and but he just was – he used to get, you know, do dumb things on the field. And that coach just had to watch that, which that coach was watching him do dumb things at practice. Yep. But he couldn't say anything until he became the head coach. And then he could say everything. And he could say everything. That's, oh. abs that's absolutely right. That's awesome. All right. So there you go. On this day, 15 years ago, the uh, epic Mike Singletary rant. That's good. It's not one of my favorite sports press conference rants of all time, but uh, obviously there's some pretty that's a good, good one. Good. Yeah. 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 It's a solid one there or the Hall of Fame player, not Hall of Fame coach, Mike Singletary. Texas and BYU, Buck. Let me ask you about BYU a little bit. Keaton Slovis, yes. the quarterback for BYU. Like, you think about BYU the last few years. Obviously, it's been a while since uh, Texas has played these guys, thankfully. But there's been some really good quarterback play in Provo in recent years with Zach Wilson, who, yes, he's been a bust in the NFL, but he was good enough in college to be the yes, number two was. overall pick in the draft. And then Jaron Hall who was the guy the last two years after Zach Wilson. He was a fifth-round pick, I think, by maybe Minnesota. I think the Vikings have him right now as their backup. But, like, those guys were really, really good 
college quarterbacks. And then you think of Keaton Slovis, like, okay, well, he was good enough to get a scholarship for USC. Right. He started there for a couple of years, transferred to Pitt, played there last year, was okay for Pitt. And then it's his fifth year in college football, his third different school. But, yeah, the quarterback play at BYU has been pretty salty in recent years. Yeah, it has. The quarterback play, the the running back play at BYU, and the wide receivers have been pretty salty. I mean, they offensively, I mean, they've just gone on and on. I mean, they, they, it, they've they not taken a back, back seat to anybody when it comes to offensive play. It's just that, you know, their, their, their defense has been – their defense has struggled over the last couple of years. Offensively, BK, they, they seem to be okay. I mean, this is not a great team. This is not a 5-2 and two team that, boy, you really should be afraid of because defensively, there's not much to be afraid of. Right. Really. Yeah. You know, and, and they don't have the high-powered offense. They got enough offense to beat you if you don't do the right things. They're going to do some of the little things. You know, they're going to score in the scoring zone. They're going to be – they're going to be good enough to beat you. They run the ball just well enough. You know, nah, they don't run the ball well enough at all. Just well no, enough. Fuck, they're the worst running team in college football. So just well enough to, to come keep on. You, you don't if have they, to look. In other words, you won't be loading the box this week against this this rushing game. If they run the ball just well enough this weekend, I'm going to lose my mind because yeah. that that's the one thing they should not do, considering. They are dead last in the country in yards per carry, and they are like bottom three in the country in rushing yards per game. They're not going to so, even try. No, I'm, I'm sure they'll try because everybody tries. <laughs> yes. But if, if they're smart, they'll abandon it pretty early because, yeah. I mean, when they the, look over into that secondary where they just start hit, heaving it all over the place. Bingo. Yeah, the strength of the Texas defense is up the front, run game. That's up right. Middle. And obviously the weakness for the Texas defense over the last couple of games has been the secondary. So, yeah. Well, we know I mean, this about Slovis. He's going to be in one spot. Yep, that's a good thing. Like, Dylan Gabriel's legs, obviously, were a huge problem for Texas. And Donovan Smith, look, he didn't take off and run because he didn't have to. But, but he, it was, yes, it was clear that have. Texas game planned for that. So, like, they, they had to pay attention to Donovan Smith's running ability because, well, that's the type of player he is. And, obviously, he ran all over Texas in the game in Lubbock last year when he was at Texas Tech. You don't even have to game plan at all for Keaton Slovis to run. If you were playing Zach Wilson, yeah, you got a game plan for his dual threat ability. If you're playing Jaron Hall, yeah, that guy's fast as shit. You got a game plan for that guy's dual threat ability. Keaton Slovis, like you oh. said, Buck, that guy's a statue back there in the pocket. So that's that's one less thing for this Texas defense to have to worry about, which is a good thing because they don't need to be worrying about a lot because they can't do a lot right. Well, right now they're struggling. They're definitely struggling, struggling in the secondary which affects the linebackers and how the linebacker who generally is forward, who's, I mean, who's generally up moving around, finding his way around. And over the last couple of games, he's been directing traffic back there. And now with the crossing routes, he's really got to direct traffic. You know, he's got to make sure that everybody's that's your guy. That's your guy. That's my guy. And if I have, if you get off of him, I have to be the one covering up for him. We can't let him just slide across the field. And some of these, 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 you know, some of these crossing routes, picks or whatever the hell they are you can't have that happen you gotta they've got to fix that problem everybody's going to go after them from this point on and that and they should i mean they do it all over college football it's not something new to just university of houston that's running pick routes you know yeah i mean you yourself should be running pick routes right yeah i mean sark said it in his press conference on monday that that's a staple of the byu offense is that they do run a lot of crossers and 
even if it wasn't a staple of the BYU offense. And it we just had. became one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, they're watching what uh, Houston just put on film, and they're like, oh, let's just run those until they stop them. Like, honestly, you stop them. You just knock one of those guys out. Dude, just just I, go ahead and get it over with. If the I'm first BYU's, one that comes across, just oh, yeah. knock him smooth out while he's not looking. Fine. I, whatever it takes to stop. And make the, the rest of them think about it when they come across there, at least have their head on a swivel. What are you thinking? Greg Williams bounty gate here. Somebody has got to pay. We're trying to get <laughs> to the championship. Hey, we're trying to get to the championship game here. Uh, come on now. They, can't, they let these guys, can't let these little walk-ons keep coming across, you know, scot-free, catching the ball, running down the field, down the sidelines. No, somebody's, uh, somebody's going to have to be the sacrificial lamb. I don't know who you put in there, but somebody's going to have to sacrifice something. Oh, my God. Well, the good news is BYU's passing game is not as good as Houston's passing game, and BYU's receivers are not as good as Houston's receivers. Now, it's a different set of problems that the BYU pass catchers present versus what Texas just saw down in H-Town. BYU's got some size on the outside. I mean, their top four receivers, one of these guys is a tight end, so I guess their top four pass catchers, Uh, 6'6", 6'4", 6'4", 6'3". So they're not as fast or as quick as Houston, but obviously possession, they're good at that. And those 50-50 balls, they can win those with their size. The good news for Texas is Ryan Watts is expected to come back. He's Texas's big, uh, biggest and most physical corner, easy for me to say. Uh, but still, like it's a different set of problems that sure. you've got to deal with with this BYU team. But once again, like statistically and eye test-wise, this passing game is not as good as the one that you just had to deal with last week. So. I mean, we're talking about BYU here. They, they've got the worst total offense in the Big 12, and they're 11th in the conference in scoring offense right now. So, like, I've said it all week. I'll continue to say it till I'm blue in the face. This should be a get-right type of game for this Texas defense. And if they struggle as much as they did against OU or against Houston, then you've got to worry about this defense just being this for the rest of the year. Yeah, because then nobody's going to run against. They're just going to – every time, they're just going to drop back and throw the ball. Yeah. And, and and you've got to make them pay when they do drop back and throw the ball now, too. You know, Sark talked about, you know, that goal of getting that those, that turnover, making the quarterback cough it up. You've got an opportunity to make this guy cough up a couple. Yeah, but somebody's got, somebody's got to step up and be that guy. That's the big thing, right? Keaton Slovis, he's been up and down this season for BYU. Uh, BYU's 5-2 and two on the year, as you mentioned. But uh, their two losses both came in Big 12 play. And there was a common theme in those two games. They, they lost at Kansas, and then they got freaking wrecked by TCU. Oh, yeah. I, wa- I went back and rewatched a lot of that game last night. 44-11 uh, to 11 was the final score. That game was 41-11, to 11, like midway through the third quarter. It wasn't like BYU – or excuse me, TCU just scored a couple of times late in the fourth quarter when all the scrubs were in, and now no. they just made the scoreboard look a lot worse than the game actually was. No, like TCU was up 30 at halftime, and then, yeah, midway through the third quarter, they were up 41-11. to 11. They only kicked one field goal in the fourth quarter. Uh, it could have been even worse for the Cougars up there in Fort Worth a couple of weeks ago. But early in the game, TCU was able to get pressure, and Keaton Slovis threw a pick six. And in that Kansas game that BYU lost in Lawrence, they were much more competitive in that one. But Kansas was able to get pressure, and they forced Keaton Slovis into a pick six. Keaton Slovis actually had a couple of interceptions in that game in Lawrence. So that's it. I mean, that's the theme right there. Like, get pressure on Keaton Slovis. He doesn't have the maneuverability back there 
to extend plays and pick up yards with his legs. Like he, if you get some pressure on him, he's going to make some mistakes. You're going to get sacks, but also he's going to throw the ball up for grabs. And there's opportunities for your defense to make some of those splash plays that obviously always help, but they especially help when you've got a quarterback making his first career start. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's going to need all the help he can get. So he's going to need some turnovers. Your defense is going to have to turn him over at home. Your special team is going to have to play well. You're going to do some really kind of – I mean, I'm not saying every game you have to block a punt, but, you know, when you got him at home, that's the time to go get him. You yeah. know, try to get one of those, try to change this field position around, get some early scores for your quarterback, you know, and and then get the ball in great field position for your offense. That's, that's, that's a part of – that's the winning – combination i think you know getting your defense to give the ball back to your offense in good scoring position not having to have long drives because malik murphy and long drives as a as a first game now i want some emotional strikes you know what i'm saying okay we just got a nice turnover you got the ball at the 40 going in that's the kind of thing that helps your a, a young quarterback that's starting his first game out not you know the ball just got punted in here's the ball at the 25 now go drive the length of the field I don't want to see a lot of those. I, I'd rather see a lot of those turnovers where you make things happen. You know, the pick sixes, the kid is giving up some pick sixes, so go get them in, in that way. Uh, your punt return game, you know, this is Xavier Worthy. We've been waiting for one to go to the house. This is this is an opportunity to send one to the house, help out your offense a little bit. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of guys are going to have to step up and play better ball than they've played. Even the ones that you think have played well, they're going to have to play much better when you got a, a quarterback in his first start, you know. Plus, it's not just the quarterback. I mean, you're losing the one of the team leaders. I mean, Quinn yours was starting to be a real live leader on that football team. So it's not sure. just losing your quarterback who's who's that natural leader. You you're you're losing a locker room guy. Yeah, he's gonna be running around on the sideline, but it's not the same as being in that huddle. Right. It really is. It's gonna be different. Yeah, I've kind of given up the dream of the Xavier Worthy punt return touchdown. Don't Can give I that hope? up. No, no, no. Don't give that up because that's that's exactly when those teams will get relaxed. They'll start saying that just ha- guy is having enough problems feeling the ball, not getting on the bounce. That's when you, that's when you spring one on them. But just when everybody's thinking it's not going to happen, that's the time for it to happen. And this is, I mean, this is his opportunity to step up big. You know, he gets his long bomb touchdowns during the course of a game. He's got to do a couple other things. He's got to catch the ball, you know, and catch and run. I don't care whether it's that screen because you know that screen's coming. Oh yeah. They probably, know that screen's coming. Probably on the first play of the game. That's right. The American people know that screen's coming. <laughs> that screen is coming. <laughs> and it uh, most likely is going to be the first thing out of the block. So he's got to do something above and beyond just, you know, catching long bombs. He's got to make some things happen. And he's a special player, so he needs to have special things happen in this football game. All those guys that we think of are the special players on this football team. They have to be special for a quarterback starting for his first game. It's not. It can't be just about – putting this on Malik Murphy. Well, you know, he's worked hard. He's been here for three years. This is his opportunity. All the things that we've talked about, those around him have to have their best kind of game too to help this kid out. Yeah, I'm going with the reverse jinx for Xavier Worthy, right? Because like three weeks in a row, I kept predicting Xavier Worthy to have a punt return touchdown. Yes. He never did. So now I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm saying Xavier Worthy is a horrible punt returner and he's not going to do anything right on Saturday. Hoping that he actually does find a way to get into the end zone. Well, He's I'm had a couple going, close calls. My punt block thing. I'm still going with, my, with if 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 there's a way for uh Robinson to get involved, you know, which he says, "Hey, I'm here. I've been here." You know, I know punt blocker guy. Uh go block another punt. 
Yeah. You're one for two on the punt block prediction, right? You called it before the Oklahoma game. They obviously yeah, I got think, one. Yeah, I think this is the one. This is this is one you go get, you know, especially at home, especially with a new quarterback. You got to do something, do something really nice in the special teams for this quarterback. And mm-hmm. I think that is the oh, that's the bet. That is the it's the worst and the best sound is that that thud when that ball hits that foot and then it hits that hand. It's like getting okay. kicked in the nuts. I mean, it's like, oh, oh, oh. If you're, in the, if you're in the wrong side of a pun block, it's the worst feeling. It's like somebody just came up and kicked you right in the groin. I don't you think know? it hurts that bad. I mean, I've Oh, it hurts. Had- it hurts. If you're on that sideline, you can feel it. You just grab your crotch and go, oh, I, who kicked me? I just heard that sound. I, I love it. I love it when you're the team that does it, though. And you look over the other sideline and everybody's got their heads are all down. They're all holding their crotch going, oh, somebody just kicked me in the balls. I love that. I love that feeling. Don't like to be the ones that have it done to me. I don't think I've ever seen that happen during a football look, game. Look, okay, when it happens, I want you looking towards looking towards the sideline real quick. Just look over. I'm going to go just back and watch the, the, watch the opposing team just grabbing themselves going, oh, that hurt. I'm going to go back and watch the Keelan Robinson block oh, uh, yeah. punt against Oklahoma. That's the only thing I ever want to realize. Oh, from that that's game. Right. And then I'm going to see if Brent Venables, while he's guzzling out of the fire hose, I want he's to see grabbing if he himself was, going, oh, grabs oh. the crotch. What an absurd thing to say. Uh, I'd love a pick six, though, man, or a scoop and score. Like, scoop and score sounds good. Either one of those things. I know Texas forced two turnovers last week, and that was the difference in the game. Like, let's not forget that for his. God awful as the Texas defense was for two and a half quarters last Saturday. I called for three. They only got two. Well, hey, two is fine because they hadn't had two in a game since Alabama. So it had been more than a month since Texas had had multiple takeaways in a football game. Those takeaways were the difference. Now, I wish they looked a lot better on those other defensive plays than they did. But, hey, you get two takeaways this weekend, you're going to put yourself in a good position to win. Anytime you get multiple takeaways, anytime you're uh, plus two in the turnover margin, you're going to give yourself a damn good chance to win. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's what happened for Texas for as poorly as everything else seemed to go last Saturday and just how things unraveled over the last, once again, two and a half quarters. Uh, the fact that uh, Texas won the turnover battle was ultimately the difference in why yeah, that game was a win and not a loss. And I think Jonathan Brooks is going to have a fantastic game. I think th- I think he's going to separate himself from some of these running backs that people are thinking that are really close to, to him, the type of player he is. I think he's going to separate himself this weekend. I think even even BYU – I mean, they know it's coming. Yeah, They're, they're going to understand they got a, a new quarterback, a young quarterback. They, don't, they are going to load the box, but they're going to pay for loading that box this week. I believe. I think they're going to they're going to pay a heavy price and a heavy dose of this kid get into their secondary and making some really nice long runs this week yep. with Jonathan Brooks. I mean, you, you you can't give up on it if if it's not successful the first couple of times. You got to still keep going to it because he is your game breaker. I think uh, I, I really liked what I saw from Texas on their last offensive drive last week, mm-hmm. and obviously it ended up being the game winning touchdown. So that's kind of a captain obvious statement, but. Um, look, I think everyone at TDECU Stadium knew Texas was going to run the ball, right? Sure. Like Quinn Ewers was out, Malik Murphy was in. Right. You don't want to put your quarterback in a tough situation where he's got to fling the rock all over the field to try to win you a football game. Like, 
it was obvious that Texas was going to try to run the football and they were able to run it. And that's not yeah. the first time this year. You think of the Alabama drive that, uh, that, you know, served as the dagger where Texas bled the last seven minutes and change off the clock to preserve that win. Like everybody at Bryant Denny knew Texas was running the football and they were and still they able thought, to run yeah. the football. Now, they, they didn't thought score. that Alabama defense would step, could come up big, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't score, but they didn't have to, right? All they needed to do was milk the clock, and they milked it all the way down to zero, which was awesome. Uh, last week, they obviously needed to score because that was a tie football game, and boom. I mean, it was a combo. It was Brooks and Baxter. Obviously, CJ had the touchdown run at the end of the drive to cap things off, but like they were still able to run – even though Houston's defense was ready sure. for the run. So that's like, that's a good sign that we've seen that a few times this year because you said it, I said it, the American people will say it, as you yep. like to say. Uh, everybody knows Texas is going to put an emphasis on running the football yes. this Saturday because that's what every team does when their starting quarterback is hurt. And that's especially what every team does when you've got a guy playing his first game at this level. So hopefully and it should Texas, be what you're doing when you have one of the best running backs in the country on your team anyway. Bingo. So hopefully Texas is able to, yeah, even though BYU is going to load the box and they're going to be ready for the run. Hopefully the Texas offensive line is able to step up. And obviously Jay Brooks, one of the best in the nation, CJ Baxter looked as healthy as he's ever looked last week against Houston. Hopefully those guys can carry the load and you can run the ball 40 yeah. plus times the game to take the pressure off of Murph. Don't overrun. Jonathan Brooks, you better be in the right gaps. If you're loading up that box, you better do your, your assignments right because yeah. if you overrun it and you got two guys in one gap and the other one's not in there, he's going to expose you. He knows how to exp – he really does well between, as I said, between the tackles, BK. He really exposes guys that are out of position, that are out of position to make clean tackles because if you don't clean tackle that guy, arm and shoulder tackles just doesn't do it against him. He's got really great balance. He's got really good feet inside the tackles. And then, obviously, what we've seen and what we, we, we all wondered if, if it was true, does he have the speed? He's got the speed once he's out there uh, to, have, to make long runs. And, and those 20 yards and 15-yard runs that that kid has, that starts to wear you down. And then you start to have that faith, like you said, in the fourth quarter that you know they're going to give him the ball, and he's still going to get it done. He's going to get those four- and five-yard carries. Those things just wear you out defensively. But, but you're, it's chancy. I mean, like I said, when I coached, I, I loved – teams that loaded up the box against guys like Priest Holmes and Ricky Williams because you better be in the right spot when you load it up. You better not overrun something thinking, oh, okay, I can make the play out here. I'm going to get outside of what I've been taught because I'm going to make a play. I know we got a lot of guys in here now. They're not going to make big things happen. No, that's when you really pay when you don't do a good job of when you overload the box. Everybody has to play the right positions or you're going to pay for it. I hope they don't. I hope they do make those mistakes. Absolutely. That's what we're looking for right there. By the way, just got a hold of Jared Lloyd. He wrote down the wrong time. He's going to join us at 930. Cool. So time zone changes, man. They uh, they confuse all of us. So Jared Lloyd, who covers BYU up in Utah, will join us today. It's just going to happen at 930 instead of 830. So uh, keep it locked in. And, and folks, tomorrow we will be out at Covert, out at Covert, out at B Caves. And please come and join us for a free lunch. Smoky Moe's, Verde's will be there. I went by and saw our, our guy at Verde's yesterday. He's going to bring some, some food there tomorrow. And, of course, Smoky Moe's. Mmm, I love that turkey sandwich that, that Uncle Mitch brings there. Man, oh, man, I love those. Mm -hmm. But come join us. Norman Watkins, good, good, one of the players that played for me when I was at the University of Texas, will, will be there to talk to you folks. He is, you know, Derek, you know, we had, who do we have? Derek, Derek Johnson a couple of weeks ago. 
<laughs> and people just raved about what kind of young man he was and t- spending time with people and just talking with them. You're going to love Norman Watkins. He's one of those kids that when I coached at Texas, you just wanted to pull aside and just have a conversation. How's your day, Norman? What's going on? He'd tell you about his life. You know, he'd tell you about how things are going uh, with his day as a football player, as a person. You're going to enjoy him. And then, of course, the following weekend, the one and only Ricky Williams will join us, you know, as they celebrate his 25th year, the Heisman Trophy uh, versus K-State. But we'll be there, of course, tomorrow. So come join us, 1130, have a nice meal, then head back to work like you all do on Fridays. Yeah, right. Yet, really? Yeah. So just it's it's on us. We'd love to have you. We'd love to see you. We'll be out there for, for folks that have just joined us and be a part of this as we come up on 6,000 subscribers that if you've never got a chance to meet us, you just heard through the grapevine that we're on, come say hello to us. We'll be right there to, to meet and greet you there out at Covert Bee Cave. And we love the folks out at Covert Bee Cave for sure. And they've been doing it and selling cars and trucks in Central Texas since 1909, the Covert family. Nobody does it better. they got Covert Ford and Hutto. Of course, Covert Chevy's out there too. And Lincoln Ford right there in Austin, Texas. Do say hello to Dan and of course, Mike and Stacy, Jerome, the whole gang out there. Seven brands, Buicks, GMCs, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. And they've got a lot full of cars and trucks. They're not hidden anywhere. Nobody's there. They're there for you to take home. You can take them home Friday. You can go take them home today. It's Thursday. Go take them home today. That would be a buck on to go out mm-hmm. there and buy yourself one of those big Rams today. Mm-hmm. So get it done. And nobody beats that covert deal. Not now, not ever. By the way, Norman Watkins, a few years ago, was named one of Austin's most eligible bachelors. That was an actual thing. So Is he married now? I don't know. I don't think so. He might still be a bachelor. Norm? Really? So, Handsome so you, guy. So you ladies out there, you want to try your hand at one of the most eligible bachelors in the city. You can come meet Norman tomorrow at uh, Covert Bee Cave. What a nice young dude. How do really? How do I get on that list? First of all, you have to be eligible. Are you, are you eligible? Let me see. No rings on your fingers, bells on your toes. First of all, you can't have that mustache. That mustache is not going to get it done. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm glad you didn't do that for the duck boat. Mm. Wow. It's only one month a year, and I'm getting a little head start this year, too, with the uh, November stash. I'm not even sure I'm keeping it through November. A whole month? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I just haven't had any like super important in-person meetings this week yet to where it's like I have to really consider shaving this thing. But uh, I don't know, man. I mean, it's only one month out of the year and it's for cancer. We're, we're raising money for cancer research. What? That makes me even more of an eligible bachelor. That raises my status, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it does. I remember when I made I, I told you about my first one of my I made many mistakes when I was on the radio, you know, when when it, it came Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I I forgot to use the cancer part of it. And I said it's Breast Awareness Month. Oh, <laughs> and somebody somebody texted in and said, "Hey, it's Breast Awareness Day. What are you talking about for oh. this month?" Oh, I that was such the blooper. Oh, Breast, Breast Awareness, Awareness Month. month. Really uh, good job, got, there, Buck. I feel like most of us are aware of breasts every month. See, that's what I'm. I, I made that mistake, and boy, I paid dearly for that one. Uh, they just wouldn't stop. Hey, Buck, is it Breast Awareness Friday? That's awesome. Oh, my goodness. That is fantastic. So, yeah, Norman Watkins with us tomorrow, and uh, just got a text. He's still single. 
So, Whoa. ladies. Very nice. Or Very guys. Nice. I don't think he swings that way, but, hey, if you want to try your hand. Why not? Go ahead. <laughs> That's on you. Not that there's anything wrong with that, as uh, as our guy Jerry would say. Yeah, there's but the, anything wrong with that. But the is. following week, we've got Ricky. Ricky's all excited. He'll be here in town. And, you know, we're still trying to find the Heisman Trophy, but I got a feeling Grandma Sandy has it in California somewhere. But my son, I think, has his dope walker. AJ will have a bunch of stuff. So if you want to take pictures with Ricky next week, that is going to be just fine. He's excited about getting into town and big events for that K-State game. And at halftime, I believe, out on the field. So yep. we're, we're excited about having Ricky. And hopefully Ricky will join us next week before he comes to town. Also, we'll get a chance to talk with him. Yeah. He, he loves good. Jonathan Brooks. He really he, he loves the way he plays the game. Definitely. Yeah, excited about that one next Friday, without a doubt. All right, shout out to Cobra B-Cave, and also shout out to our friends at AV Consultations and our guy, Tom McKay. Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audiovisual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. Very nice. Thank you, Tom. You know, BK, when, when we when we have these meet and greets, you know, we we, we really, really work hard, folks, to, to get some of the best people. But what we like to do is we like to have good people, too, and and – it's not always about how many autographs you get. I mean, there, there are people that get autographs out there. But when they meet these folks that we bring out there, they are genuinely – I mean, I, I'm like, oh, you didn't, you, you didn't bring five things to autograph or whatever. They said, no, I want to meet this guy. I want to meet this person as a person, mm-hmm. not as a, a former star or a former made big plays at Texas. They want to know what they grow up to be, how they are as, as young men or young women. I mean, that's been the coolest thing. Like I said, Derek Johnson – that guy has so many accolades and so many awards and Hall of Fame things and high school Hall of Fame. But the people couldn't stop talking about what kind of person he was when he just sat there and talked with, with guys. I mean, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know the fans that came out to see him, a couple of the people that were there. They just said, wow, what a young guy. What a, yeah. what a successful young person he's going to be, a, you know, great father and all that stuff. And Norm is the same kind of guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. You keep calling these guys young. I guess compared to you, everybody's young. Well, yeah. I mean, they're still young men. There'll always be young, young kids. I mean, you're a young man. Well, yeah. I mean, but I'm also like 12 years younger than Derek Johnson. That guy's in his 40s now, I think. I mean, Ricky's a young man to me. Yeah. Once again, everybody's a young man to you. You're <laughs> a damn fossil, dude. <laughs> everyone's young. Everyone's a kid to you. Yeah, but that was the that was the thing. That's what I that was. That was my thing, you know, when I when I went to recruit these guys, when I visit with them. Yeah. It wasn't always about the sport, it was about the life. Yep. What, no, it's what's, a big deal. What, what's their intentions? What are they what are they what are they what are they here for to to get? What are they here to get out of Texas? You know, Ricky never told me he was coming to graduate from the University of Texas, although he did, and it took him a while, but he he the first thing Ricky told me cuz I'm coming to Texas to win the Heisman trophy. Yeah, and I said, "Yeah, oh, and I my one of my my thoughts back to him was Okay. <laughs> I said, what about that degree? He never said a word about it. He never said, he never said I was going to get my degree. Now, like I said, he eventually got his degree and it took him a while, but he still got it because mm-hmm. that's what I had to preach to grandma Sandy is I'm going to get your son a degree from the university of Texas. I'll do everything in my powers. I will chase him down to the ends of the earth. You know, I, 
uh, all the years of coaching, I only had one guy that didn't get a degree, and I chased him down for about six years, and he finally at Boston College, really smart young guy, but he just didn't really care for the academics. He wasn't there to play school. He was there to play football, and he finally got a degree, and he just couldn't believe that I would chase him down four or five years after, you know, he had left had left Boston College. I would still be in his hip pocket making phone calls, making phone calls with his mom and his parents about, did Robert get that degree? Did he get no? No, coach, he hadn't got it. He's not finished. So I, I chased that dude down for four or five years afterwards when I wasn't even around. I was at the University of Illinois. I chased this dude down back at Boston College because I had promised his parents I'd do everything in my powers, and it was still in my powers to call him up. And guys like, you know, Norman and Ricky to just spend, have been able to spend time with those guys. I only have one regret about that I never really kept in touch. <laughs> Here it is, the 10 more yards. Here we go. Yeah. I never got a ch chance to really spend a lot of time with Priest Holmes after he, after he left University of Texas. He was one guy that I didn't have a lot of contact with. And I, you know, I had touch with Wayne McGarity, Sean Mitchell, Phil Brown, you know, Roderick Walker, Adrian Walker, but I never, Butch had not. But I never got a chance to spend a lot of time with Priest. Priest was a very – he's a very solemn kind of quiet guy. I mean, it was hard to get into his kind of inner circle. He didn't have that – he didn't have that gang of guys that he hung out with. So it was hard to really get – to really, really know him as a person. I wish I would have done a better job of that. So I'm sure you I can get in contact with Priest at some point. Yeah, he's still around. He's still down in San Antonio. Hell, he was running for office or something. Really? Yeah, he was got into a little bit of politics and, you know – city council some other bullshit down there so like tuberville <laughs> yeah but uh that that's the one guy that i never really stayed really really close with after all the players that i had so mm. but i just want folks to know when you go when you meet norman tomorrow just come out and have a lunch on us when you meet him you're just gonna love his smile you're just gonna love his attitude about life yes indeed yes indeed by the way sean with a nice compliment about your hat hey you can buy that same hat you can dress like the buck if you want. Thanks to our friends at Last Stand Hats. There's a link, if you're watching on YouTube, a link in the video description below that will take you right to our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection with laststandhats.com. If you're listening on the app, just go to laststandhats.com and uh, search Texas Sports Unfiltered, and you can get the hat that the buck's rocking, the hat that I'm rocking. There are a ton of different color schemes. I mean, dozens of different colors. Yeah, I need that one. I need that white one because I got some people that want us to sign all of our all of our group to sign uh, a cap for them. So we I, we got to get a couple of those white ones. Get a little sharpie on that. There we go. There we go. So uh, yeah, check out laststandhats.com and uh, buy one. Of By the way, Sue Patrick. I was over at Sue Patrick's yesterday. Saw Jay Williams and Sue Patrick, and they love us. By the way, we sold out all their shirts. Yeah, those wonderful shirts that that. Uh, that we you see us wearing, we, you know, you catch us. We're we're on our on the YouTube. You catch us on game day. You catch us at meet and greets, and we're wearing that that really nice polo, that golf polo with a little mini. There you go. And see those are little dot, those are little horns right there. We sold them out. They've had to order 150 more in every size. They don't have any on the racks there. I saw Jay yesterday. He said, "Dude, we had." The, I said, "Well, you know why they're gone, don't you?" Because we sold them out. And he said, I think so. Yeah. You know, oh, we, we know so. You're welcome, Sue. But also, thank you, Sue. <laughs> hey, yeah. as our guy Cooter says, come on, like the video. We've got uh, 100 plus of y'all hanging out with us on YouTube right now. And only 34 likes. It, it takes a second, not even a second, to click the thumbs up. 
It uh, helps our channel continue to grow. Once again, getting closer and closer to 6,000 subscribers. We've only been around for two months. Uh, the support has been incredible, so we appreciate it. But to help us continue to grow and get towards seven and eight and nine and 10,000 subs, uh, we need more likes on our videos. So. Yeah, and we're loving, we're loving it, guys. We're loving what you're doing for us. We love what we can do for you. And we can't wait not only to do football, but basketball and baseball. Basketball season is going to be an awful lot of fun. You oh. may see us down at the Moody Center. We're working on that, Dave. How about that? Yeah, that'd be a ton of fun. A ton of fun. All right, Buck. Uh, in about 15 minutes, once again, Jared Lloyd, who covers BYU for the Daily Herald up in Utah, he will join us to talk more about this game. But it is Thursday, and every Thursday right here on Bucky and BK, we get an updated look at the Bucks Heisman watch. What you got this week? Well, I'm going to be my top five, and I'm still starting out with Michael Penix Jr. I know you hadn't had dynamic games lately, but you know what? They're still winning, and I think he's still the number one guy for the Heisman Trophy. But a close second is my sleeper team, J.J. McCarthy, my sleeper group. That dude is going to be in the running for the Heisman Trophy if they just keep winning. If 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 Michael Penix slips, J.J. McCarthy, I believe now, is the guy in second in the second spot. Uh Florida State's quarterback, Jordan Travis, I think I've got as number three. Drake May, even though they lost, BK, I have as number four because I think they can make some bounce back. Uh, they can make a bounce back. And North Carolina's playing pretty salty. I, I, that was a really weird, fluky game. They actually lost. They actually lost to Virginia. At home. I mean, that, that was just a weird happening. I think they're going to just roll up teams from this point on after that loss. That was a real wake-up call for Mac Brown's group right there because they're way too talented except for their defense is kind of sloppy at times. But my number five guy now is Dylan Gabriel. Okay. God, that was a bad loss for North Carolina, man. It really, yes. Because I, mean, I thought they, Drake May would shoot right up the, the charts there and maybe to that second slot. Michael Penix is still the guy. I mean, for, for NFL scouts and everything, he's still the number one guy. I still think he's still the top, the leader at the Heisman Trophy for the Heisman Trophy. But I think J.J. McCarthy is sliding up there. Yeah. Yeah, North Carolina, back to that just for a second. I mean, they, they had a real shot to go undefeated this season. Yes, they did. And and maybe be a playoff team. Now, they still have to play Duke, but that's a home game. They got to yep. play at Clemson and at NC State, but Clemson's obviously down this year. They just NC lost State's Miami. no good. Don't worry about them. Yeah, and NC State's not that good either. So there was a chance for North Carolina to run the table this year. Now, they would have had to play Florida State in the conference championship game. But, hey, that's like a win and you're in type of situation. That's for right. Carolina. So, yeah, for them to lose is like a 24-point favorite at home yes. to a Virginia team that was 1-5 going into that game. That's uh, that's That hurt loss. last week. It did. It, yep. it really, really did, yeah. All right. So what do you here, think? What, now, what's Vegas, what is Vegas saying? There we go, right on cue. Here's where Vegas has the Heisman race right now. They've got J.J. McCarthy as the favorite. I mean, Michael Penix Jr. was awful last week against one in five Arizona State. Our guy CB said it. They didn't have any touchdowns on offense, they being Washington. So as great as Michael Penix has been all year long, he was bad enough last week to where some sports books don't even have him pegged wow. as the favorite anymore. I, I would still peg yeah. him as the favorite. I'm with you. If the season ended today and they were voting today, I'd give the award to Michael Penix slash Penix Jr. Yes. But uh, now Vegas has J.J. McCarthy number one. And then Michael Penix Jr. right behind him at number two. Okay, so those two are good. Jaden Daniels, LSU, number That's three. That's the cat that I keep leaving off, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, LSU, I guess, can lose as many games as they want and still keep a quarterback in the top three of the Heisman odds. I don't get that. Uh, Jordan Travis, Florida State, you've got him in your top five. He's number mm-hmm. four. And then Dylan Gabriel, who was your number five, I think. Is, they have him as five, though? They, ha- they have him as number five. Followed by Bo Nix at six. Marvin Harrison Jr. after his big day against Penn State. Yeah, I can understand. Carson Beck at eight. Drake May at nine. Caleb Williams rounding out the top ten. Carson Carson Daly? Carson Daly? No, not Carson Daly. Carson Beck. Oh, okay. Georgia's quarterback. Oh, the Q quarterback with all the hair? Oh, no, that's the guy from – that's the dude from from, uh, K-State. That's the curly-haired dude. Avery Johnson? Goldilocks. <laughs> we'll be seeing Goldilocks here shortly. Uh, Avery Johnson is not in the Heisman race, although K-State has been really good since they started playing that guy. Now, is that a dual quarterback deal? Are they doing that yep. with those two? I don't like that. I don't like to see that well, for next week. Yeah, you don't like it from a Texas standpoint? or from No, a I don't standpoint? like it from a Texas standpoint at all. Well, usually they say, um, you know, if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterbacks. But in a small sample size, K-State running two quarterbacks out there yes. with Will Howard and Avery Johnson, it looks like they have two quarterbacks. Yeah, because both can throw and run. But they're both pretty good at, at, at doing both. They're not slouches at throwing the ball. And yep. Goldilocks can run and throw, and he is an exceptional runner. Yeah, he is. I mean, Avery Johnson is fast as hell. Like, he, he's got some juice to the arm. Uh, I think Will Howard's the better throw of the football right now. But, yeah, I mean, those two, like Will Howard can move and Avery Johnson can throw enough to the point where it's not 100% a run every time he's on the field. Yeah, that kid, if he wasn't playing quarterback, could play another position. He's a pretty good athlete. He could be a pretty good wide receiver, I would believe. Yeah, I think so, too. In the last couple of games for K-State, Avery Johnson had five rushing touchdowns against your Mark U in Lubbock. And then against TCU, yeah, K-State beat up on the Horny Totes 41-3 to this past Saturday. Now K-State welcomes Houston to town this Saturday. Oh, no. Look out for the pick plays, K-State. Yeah, watch those. I'm going to be so mad if they call, like, four of those on Houston this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. OPIs. Like, are you kidding me? But I don't think it's going to matter. K-State, no. I, I expect them to – there's, what, 18-point favorites in that matchup. I, I think they'll probably win by more than that. So there's the uh, Bucks updated Heisman watch. We do that every single Thursday, and we compare the Bucks list to what Vegas has going pretty on. Pretty close. Right yeah. And uh, as Jake says in the YouTube comments line, this Heisman race feels very wide open midway through the season. I agree. I mean, I, I think there are a couple of obvious guys who uh, should be at the top of the list, but no one's really separated himself to the point where, like, ah, we can shut this thing down and we already no. know who's going to win. Uh, this thing is very much in the balance right now. Jordan Travis is pretty good, man. And, and, and as long as they stay undefeated and they keep winning, yeah. he's going to continue to move up the ladder too. But but Michigan right now, my sleeper, is kind of the team to beat. And I don't know who can beat them. I don't. I, once again, I, I think Michigan is going to go undefeated. I, they're not going to lose at Penn State, I don't believe. They're going to ground and pound those dudes. Mm-hmm. And – you know, that last game, That's it's always about the last game, them in Ohio State. And Ohio State kind of has the firepower, but I, I just don't know. You, I, I don't know about I, – I don't. I, I think Michigan wins again for the what, – what will that be? Will that be the third year in a row? Hold on, I'm filming. 
I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm filming you as you say this. What sleeper? You, you want to film? You want to film me calling Michigan a sleeper once well, again? I'm, I'm dressing up as Connor Stallions for Halloween this year, so I'm working on my filming of uh, of other people. Oh, I see. Yeah, there you yeah, go. That, film, film the old man. Yeah, that's great. That's what they do at Michigan. They're filming everybody. I don't know if you saw this, but apparently that uh, Michigan staffer had bought tickets for I think 13 of the other or no 12 of the other 13 Big Ten teams Mm -hmm. everyone's like who is the one team that he didn't buy a ticket to go see is that Rutgers oh is that why the Rutgers coach is mad you didn't film us I guess no the Rutgers coach would be mad because they were filming him right oh no (laughs) not because he got left out of the filming because he was the guy yeah, Shiano was pissed because he's like, oh, this guy's filming us. So it can't be Rutgers. What, Iowa and their shitty offense? No, he ain't going to see that. Is that the team that uh, didn't get filmed? No, they're, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't need to be mad. Nobody's filming them. Nobody's exchanging film with them from other teams. They said, I ah, just keep the film. We don't need it. We mm. got it. We know, we know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to turn around and hand it off. It's, there's, three, there's three choices, I guess. Iowa's one of them. Illinois has got to be one of them because Brett Bielma ain't doing nothing but eating up there. And then last but not least. Minnesota! Yeah, that may be the case too. Could be the Gophers, eh? How about my guys at Illinois? They had that – they sent all those guys to the NFL. All these DBs are gone. Now they can't stop us. They can't stop anybody. No, they're bad. They're bad. That's amazing. They had a top 10 pick in the NFL draft last year with the Reese Witherspoon's kid. Oh, man, he's a good player. He's been uh, very, very good in his rookie campaign. So uh, there you go. All right, about five minutes before we bring on Jared Lloyd to talk some Texas well, and BYU. Well, so talk to me about the retirement of Dusty Baker then before yeah. before he comes on. Yeah, so uh, it's it's happening. I think there's a press conference scheduled today down in Houston. I got to double-check that date to make sure I have it right, but – Dusty Baker told USA Today yesterday that he is retiring as the manager of the Houston Astros. Uh, there were some reports that came out right after the Rangers won game seven in Houston that Dusty Baker had been telling people within the Astros organization that he was going to leave when the season came to an end. And then he pretty much made it official yesterday. And yeah, there will be a press conference at 11 o'clock. So coming up here in an hour and a half for Dusty Baker down there in Houston. 26 seasons as an MLB manager, of course, was with the Astros for the last four. He did a tremendous job. I know Astros fans hated Dusty Baker, uh, but, man, the resume, pretty damn impressive. In four years, he went to four ALCSs. And think about the situation he walked into, Buck, after the cheating scandal and all the turmoil that happened with the Astros right Right. after that. Uh, And then he goes to four straight ALCSs. He wins two pennants, obviously won the World Series last year with the Astros. Pretty freaking impressive resume for Dusty Baker, who leaves baseball with the seventh most managerial wins ever and also the fourth most postseason wins for any manager in MLB history. So a tip of the cap or a tip of the toothpick, I guess, for uh, for Dusty Baker as he uh, rides off into the sunset, culminating a tremendous career both as a player and as a manager. Yeah, he was supposed to go in as just a substitute teacher to keep the kids down when they were acting up and ended up winning a couple world championships, which I think he did a fantastic job. I mean, the players loved him. Yeah, I know the fans, there were times where the fans wanted to get, every time they lost, it was about Dusty. It wasn't about 
anything that the players did. It was all about his managing. So, but he wasn't supposed to be there that long, BK. Right. Yeah, they weren't sure. I mean, it was a sort of a temporary hire. Like, let's just yeah. bring in this guy who's been around the game forever and he can kind of steady the ship and sure. make sure we've got things normalized here in Houston. And then, well, he did a lot more than that. So, yeah, look, I, I did radio in Houston for two years. Um, I criticized a lot of Dusty Baker's decisions. I didn't agree with everything that he did, but the resume speaks for itself, man. I mean, once again, four straight ALCSs, two pennants, and then the World Series title last year. Uh, very impressive for Dusty Baker, and he will be in the Hall of Fame at some point in the oh, not yeah. too distant future. That was a debate for a while, but once he won that World Series last year, that uh, was the icing on the cake for Dusty to get into the Hall. So uh, congrats to him, and I guess congrats to Astros fans who were happy that Dusty Baker's gone. Because, uh, uh, yeah, once again, a lot, of, a lot of hate towards that dude. Unwarranted hate, if you ask me. All right. We'll get back into some baseball. Of course, the World Series starts tomorrow night. We will uh, continue our preview of Rangers and D-backs today and tomorrow as well. But right now, let's go up to the Utah Valley, shall we? And bring on Jared Lloyd, who covers BYU for the Daily Herald up there in Utah. Kind enough to join us a couple of days before this Texas and BYU matchup coming up on Saturday. Jared, what's going on, man? Thanks for the time. Nice rainy morning out here in Utah Valley. BYU getting ready to head to Austin. I'm looking for another trip. I've been I've been there twice before. Always a great venue. So I'm looking forward to to getting to Austin this weekend. Yeah, and the last couple of times you've come here, it's been awful for us in Austin. So we're gonna we're gonna welcome you back. And the weather's gonna be the weather should be just fine. It's not gonna be in it's not gonna be in the high 90s. The ridiculous weather that we've been having with the heat will be starting to go away. It'll be a little bit cooler when you get here too. I'm glad to hear that. The TCU game was still a little on the warm side, but not nearly what you guys have been dealing with this summer. I have family in Texas, so I've heard about it. And man, it's been brutal. So glad to hear that this weekend should be a fall and not summer. Yeah, and we're glad, Jared, that uh, that guy who plays for the New Orleans Saints is not going to be a part of this game uh, this Saturday. At least we hope. We're, we're hoping that uh, he's out of college eligibility for this matchup. But talk to us about this BYU team. Uh, I guess we'll start with the quarterback position, right? I mean, the last few years, you know, Zach Wilson, the number two pick in the draft a couple of years ago. Jaron Hall was a draft pick after he came out last year. Now it's Keaton Slovis. Uh, what have you seen from Keaton Slovis through seven games? And do you feel like BYU still has one of the better quarterbacks in, in college football? Well, Keaton Slovis came in as a transfer. He's one-year guy here at BYU after stops at USC and Pitt. And, you know, there's been moments in his career where he's looked brilliant. He had some great times at USC. Pitt, Pitt really went through a lot of changes, so I don't necessarily, you know, blame him for some of the struggles there. He's been up and down this year, guys. Like, there's been moments where I watch him and I'm like, wow, that is a really talented quarterback putting the ball right where he wants to put it and, you know, playing at a high level. And there's been other times where he's looked flat and not been able to, to really get that offense going. I don't think we've seen the best of Keaton Slovis yet. Um, can he do it this week against a very good Texas defense? Well, that would give BYU a better chance. But, man, he's going to need to play at a much higher level than I think he has in, in some of these earlier games um, for BYU's offense to be able to move the ball consistently. Well, he's got some wide receivers that are that – are are big, tall, wide receivers. He's got some nice targets to throw the ball to, for sure. 
and for Texas right now, Jared, if you've, if you've watched film, you don't even have to watch film. All you have to do is just listen to the media. Secondary is really, really struggling right now. Well, I think that the BYU offense has had some, you know, I mean, their, their passing game didn't even hit 150 yards. And so I think that there's still some some opportunities for the BYU game, you know, passing game to get better. And you know, let's be honest, Texas is a deep team. Steve Sarkeesian's brought in a lot of very talented players. And so yeah, they they you know, sure they're dealing with injuries. Everybody's dealing with injuries at this point in the season. But at this point, I I think that BYU's receivers are gonna have to play well. I mean, you know, I, I go back to that TCU game on the road where they they really struggled to get some separation to 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 be able to get open against some of those TCU defensive backs and I think Chase Roberts is a really good player. Cody Epps has been hurt, but he's coming back. He's he's healthier than he has been. Isaac Rex is a very good tight end. Darius Lassiter has made some highlight real highlight real catches. But BYU needs those guys to to find ways to get open. And and then Keaton's got to go through the progressions and find you know make the right passes. If he tries to force stuff, Texas is going to make him pay. Jared Lloyd of the Daily Herald in Utah Valley joining us here to talk some BYU and Texas. Uh, Jared, we talked about the BYU passing game. It, it, has the BYU run game been as bad as the number suggests? I mean, the stats are pretty ugly for the Cougars on the ground this season. Is there any semblance of a run game for BYU this year, or is it is it going to be all Keaton Slovis in this passing game this weekend? Well, that's one of the questions that we've been asking BYU basically the entire season, and it didn't hurt. They brought in a, a transfer from UNLV that they really thought you know went for a thousand yards for UNLV. Thought was going to really help him, and then he got hurt. He's been injured. He's finally getting back healthy. Aiden Robbins, we saw a little bit of it against Texas Tech. Helped BYU have their best run game of the year last week against uh, against Tech. You know, as they played the Red Raiders and got that win. Um, are they going? Are they good enough to be able to have a lot of success against that Texas defensive front? BYU's offensive coordinator just called, you know, the the Texas defensive front the best he's seen in 25 years. You know, and he's been at Utah, he's, you know, seen some some decent defenses over the years and so, you know, he he was really complimentary of of what Texas has, what the Longhorns have at the on the defensive front. And so I don't expect BYU to have a ton of running success this week. I think they need to use the pass and then use that to set up the run you know, get some draws or some, you know, screen passes might not be considered running plays officially, but they, they kind of fill that role. But I think I, I don't expect BYU to come out and, you know, do the Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, run for 500 yards type of thing like they did 10 years ago. Don't expect that to be the case. I think they'll they'll still try and run the ball. They're not going to just be a run and shoot, just throw it all over the place but uh, I don't expect them to have a huge run game. I think if they're going to win this game with the run game. No, and for Texas, Jared, with a with a, a quarterback in his first game, his first start, college start, uh, Texas is going to rely, I would hope they would rely on a pretty good runner, you know, and, and Jonathan Brooks, he's been fantastic. He's one of the best in the nation, not just the best in the conference, but one of the best in the nation so far this year. And I would expect Texas to really saddle him up and take a lot of pressure off their young quarterback. 
Well, and that's really, I mean, this is the third straight week that BYU will face an opponent playing without their starting quarterback. TCU, you know, Jake Hoover had a fantastic game. I think the BYU defense was expecting TCU to do what you just described and really ride, you know, Imani Bailey, their running back that was so good. And, and BYU actually did a decent job. I think they held him to like 60 yards. You know, they did okay against the run game, but they fell behind. And Hoover just had a fantastic game throwing the ball. This last week, they kind of expected similar from, from Texas Tech. But in that game, BYU was able to get in front, forcing Jake Strong to throw the ball. And the result was a bunch of turnovers. I mean, they had they had four offensive turnovers, a special teams turnover. Three of them were interceptions. You know, that put a lot of pressure on a young quarterback. So I think BYU's going to be looking for Jonathan Brooks. And let's be honest, he's an excellent running back. You know, if that offensive line gives him a crease, he'll be, you know, he'll be five yards down the field before you, you know, before before the BYU defense can react. So, I mean, really, really good. But they've got to slow him down and put that same type of pressure that they did last week against Tech. They've got to put that pressure on Murphy and 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 on Manning and whoever's throwing the ball to say, OK, you've got to be the guy to beat us. And maybe they will. You know, those are really good players. They haven't had the chance because Quinn's been really good when yours is has had a great season, but this is their opportunity. And, and, and I expect them to, to make some great throws this weekend. Yeah, Jared, a, a little bit more on the BYU defense, if you would. You know, Kalani Sataki, a defensive guy, uh, one of the better defensive minds in the sport, and first-year defensive coordinator Jay Hill coming in there. Uh, how has the defense maybe changed for BYU this year, and, and how good has it been for the Cougars through these first seven weeks? Well, they, they really went to a more of an aggressive approach. They'd kind of gotten a little stagnant in previous years, you know, kind of, uh, you know, playing a lot of coverage, not really trying to put a lot of pressure. And the numbers don't show, you know, BYU is is in the bottom, you know, right at the bottom as far as sacks per game, as far as, you know, as, as far as tackles for loss. But BYU has been more aggressive. They bring more pressure than they used to. They try and bring it from different angles. And there's been moments where that's been really effective and other moments where teams have been able to hit them for big plays. Um, just, you know, you, you take a group of guys that are used to playing a certain style and try and get them to play a different style. And it, it takes some time. There's been some learning curve there, um, some growing pains. Um, overall, I think it's been better. Uh, obviously, a 5-2 record, you know, and played, played well against some, some pretty decent offenses. Um, I think that there's still a lot that they want to improve on. There's some injuries in the in the secondary. The the safety position is particularly has been really banged up this year for BYU. So they're a little thin at that position. Some of the linebacking course, you know, had some injuries they've dealt with as well. Lost arguably their their best linebacker, Ben Bywater, for the year. So they're they're playing a freshman, really good for freshman who's stepped in and, and played well, but you know, maybe not as dynamic or as experienced as Bywater. So there's some there's some uh, there's some depth issues there that BYU is going to have to you know have those guys step up and play well. Um, and again, how much they're going to bring pressure and try and rattle you know either Murphy or Manning, I I don't know. A lot of it might depend on how much success Texas is able to have on the ground. I know BYU is going to have to try and figure out how to stop that. And you know again, that's going to come down on that BYU um, you know front seven really to to have a have a good game and force you know force the the pass game for Texas to to be effective. Good stuff. Good stuff. Jared, uh, Texas is a 17 and a half to 18 point favorite in this game. Uh, if BYU wins or at least makes it interesting on Saturday, it will be because of what? 
execution. It's got to be execution. I mean, you guys know football. You know football. I think I think you look at you know from a sheer talent standpoint. There's a reason Texas is a top ten ranked team. Why it consistently has elite you know recruiting classes. Um, I'm not a huge recruiting guy. I like seeing what guys do in the college level, and and they've had a lot of players perform at a high level. I, I think Texas is really good across the board, and so BYU to have a chance, they need to execute their game plan at a very high level that doesn't mean perfection but they're going to be a have to be a lot closer if they bring their a game you know i I felt like that's what houston was able to do last week was kind of you know texas got ahead but then houston kind of reeled them in and gave themselves a shot you know late in the game and and byu's got to play a similar game where they're able to play well in all three phases you know if texas makes a big play they can't let it snowball into two or three or four or five big plays they need to, to reel it back in and, and uh, you know, stay close. And frankly, guys, one of the things I've loved about Big 12 football is every week it seems like we've got games that come down to the wire. Sure, there's been some blowouts, but a lot of these games are one-score games. They come down to a Hail Mary. You know, we've seen that already. We've seen, you know, last-second stops and, you know, two-point convert. You know, Oklahoma stopping UCF's two-point conversion. And, you know, mm-hmm. every week from top to to bottom this league is so much fun because it really comes down to what team shows up you know i feel like if texas plays its a game this week it's going to be really really tough for byu but if they bring a b c plus level game and byu can bring an a game all of a sudden it gets interesting and that's going to take a you know byu executing at a high level yeah and you're right it's about the execution it'll be it'll definitely be about execution with texas on this end when you bring in a backup quarterback who'll start his first game it's it's everything. Everything will affect a young, young quarterback like this. So as we've said all week, everybody on this team has to play to a different level. And you talk about this being a really good, talented Texas team. Well, they have to be even more talented this week because of who's starting at quarterback. And you you know that. I mean, if you've been through quarterbacks and you, you've seen it at BYU where the next guy who steps in is not like the first guy, although people talk about how close he is and how talented he is because they come to Texas. It does. They have no experience. They 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 haven't been in these games and and in the third and fourth quarter when when teams start changing when you see something the same way for two and a half quarters all of a sudden you come after you come out at halftime and oh my god things have changed now you start to you start to think about what you're really really doing it's not as natural you start throwing the ball hey, wait a minute that guy wasn't there the last time I threw the ball he wasn't in that position I read something different and it goes back the other way. I, it, it, that's how that execution will really, really hurt a young quarterback. And I've got to believe that the staff at BYU is, is not, they're not going to show you the same things that you've seen on film that, that you've seen against other teams. They know this is a young quarterback and showing him many different things can really confuse them. Jared, you there? Well, Bucky, I think you're 100% correct in what you're saying. I mean, again, Texas has its own things that it needs to do well. Uh, you know, they've got to play at a high level, uh, you know, to, to give to, to make it as easy as possible. You know, that's the thing. Wherever you have a new guy stepping in, I, I don't care if it's defense. I don't care if it's offensive mm-hmm. line. I don't care if it's, you know, quarterback's high profile. But running back, wide receiver, even in special teams, I feel like it plays a role. They play fewer plays, so maybe it's not as apparent. But whenever you have that, you know, kind of a guy that's not as 
as, as experienced, not as, you know, doesn't have that same veteran mentality, hasn't been through those moments. Everybody else has to pick up a little bit of that slack. And, and what you're saying is right. You know, I mean, sure, athleticism and talent can get you so far, but you got 11 guys on the field. And, and we all know at Division One football, particularly Power 5 level football, that if one guy makes a mistake, a lot of times the other team's yeah. going to take advantage. The teams are just that good. And that's what makes it fun. But at the same point, everybody else has, you know, when you got a new guy, you got to give them that little bit of slack and, and, and up your game just a little bit. And again, I expect uh, Texas's offensive line. I expect their running back. I expect their wide receivers to make some plays to make it easier for Murphy or Manning or whoever's playing quarterback, just because I think they'll take that to heart. And again, BYU's got to be ready for it. Yeah. Good stuff, Jared. Thank you so much for the time, man. Really appreciate you joining us. And uh, if you're coming to Austin, safe travels down here, man. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Hey, thanks, guys. Look forward to being there. Look forward to seeing this game. Likewise. Likewise. Thanks, man. There he goes. Jared Lloyd covers BYU for the Daily Herald up there in Utah Valley. Kind enough to join <laughs> us to uh, preview the Longhorns and the Cougars. Of course, this game coming up this Saturday at 2.30 at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium. Yeah, he's not sure about there. their run game. He's not. He's he's just kind of hopeful. They must, yeah. be, they must be that bad. And in his voice, it just sounds like he's just hopeful they can run it a little bit. But How about- he's not. How about the BYU offensive coordinator saying that Texas's defensive front is the best he's seen in 25 years coaching college football? Man. Yeah, that's saying a lot. You're putting a lot, you put you're putting a lot into to your to your offensive line to tell them that I mean to for your coach to be saying that about that defense that I've seen here. It's been good. It's been very good. It's been very good against the run. I'll say that over the last two years. But the best in college football over the last 25 years, maybe he's never been to Athens before. Maybe he's not, <laughs> like, maybe he's not watched Georgia football at all. But yeah. I like it. I like the thought because that puts a lot of pressure on your guys, letting them know that, that yep. this is what you're going to come up against. And if you can't run it, if that's not your forte is running the ball, then you better saddle it up to protect your quarterback because that's where they're coming from. If they're not going to worry about the run game, they're coming after your quarterback because they know where he's going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, once again, BYU, one of the worst rushing teams, not just in the Big 12, but in all of college football wow. this season. Uh, they did do some things right on the ground against Texas Tech. They had a guy go for 93 yards on the ground and pulling up the box score here. They ran it for 150 as a team. But for the most part this year, it has been a struggle for BYU on the ground. And we got to get our guy Jared some Wi-Fi, man. They don't have internet up there in Utah. Has it not made it? that far yet all about the ski slopes you I know guess we're will. in october getting ready to be for you know we're getting ready to get into november it's skiing time up that way so look out all it's all it's all the high profile people up there skiing right now yeah there's like a five to ten second delay between us and jared i i kept freaking out like oh we lost him he can't hear us what's going on here but uh we made it work found a way to make it happen so uh, interesting stuff. And yeah, Keaton Slovis, like he, he's been up and down this year. I think Jared hit the nail on the head. Now he knows it better than I do. He's watched BYU closer than I have, but uh, looking at stats and watching some of BYU's games this year and going back and rewatching a couple this week, uh, like Slovis, he's, he's capable of being a very, very good player. And if you give him a clean pocket, he can pick you apart. And considering what this Texas secondary has looked like in recent weeks, then yeah, you definitely don't want to give Keaton Slovis time to throw the football because that could spell doom for this Longhorn defense. But like most quarterbacks, he doesn't deal with pressure well. 
And he's always struggled against pressure. USC, Pitt, now at BYU. Yep. If you're able to uh, get in his face, he's going to take a couple of sacks. He doesn't have the availability. That's no. even a word to uh, to extend plays. And he's going to throw a couple up for grabs too. So that's that's got to be the game plan. I said it yesterday, Buck. It's a scary thought for Texas fans bringing blitzers because that means you're taking guys out of the secondary. And yeah. even when you have a bunch of guys in the secondary, they're not covering people. So you're talking about having fewer guys back there to get after the quarterback. I understand that being a, a fearful thought for some, but you just you cannot let Keaton Slovis. Hopefully you can get pressure with four. If you went up front, best case scenario. Yes. But if their O-line is, is stopping your D-line in the pass rush, you've got to find ways to bring extra guys to get after Keaton Slovis a little bit to force him into some mistakes. Yeah, if they're running pick routes, you're going to have to have your linebackers in some of those areas to, to make those guys have to bubble their move instead of coming across cleanly, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And one guy gets picked. It, you, mean, you can't let the, the, the grocery store clerk come across the field clean this week. It can't happen. You know? The grocery store clerk. I mean, you can't, you can't have the guy working for a sheesh at 7-Eleven come clean across the field without touching him. Oh. He has to be hit. He has to be – they, they, can, they, can't, they can't get these clean picks, these illegal picks or whatever they call them. They can't happen this week. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to be a lot of those. How's the, they're going to show up in the magic underwear this weekend, huh? (laughs) Ready for that? From BYU? No, I'm just going to be looking for that, that kid on that. I I don't want to see that kid come out with a brace on his knee. I don't want to see any braces on any kid's knees, that wide receiver or quarterback. I'll be like, oh no. Dude, Here we that, go again. I'm terrified, man. I'm terrified that we're going to see the boy on the bicycle at some point. He won't be there. He's He's NFL team. Yeah, well, they, they don't play till Sunday. He could easily come to Austin, catch a flight to Indianapolis where the Saints are playing this weekend, and then oh. play in both, you know? He's younger than some of the dudes I'm sure that they have on their team. So <laughs> Probably. I'm terrified, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting more nervous about this game. As the well, I am too because I want to know how they're going to protect – Malik Murphy, because I, I, you know, once again, you know, I, I'd say he's big like Randall Cunningham, but I, I, I think we may see him take off too. If they're going to be doing all this rushing BK and have so many guys close to the line of scrimmage to stop the run and bringing guys to confuse him, if they're out of their lanes too, I think he's athletic enough to get down the field a little bit. Yeah. He can't be any slower than Quinn yours, can he? I mean, oh, he can't. I mean, Ewers he's got- is a speed demon. What are you oh. talking about? No, no, he's a strength and conditioning demon when he lowers the boom on the on the linebackers. Oh. That's what he does. But can this kid run? I mean, yeah. is, is Malik Murphy a good enough athlete to run as fast as Quinn Ewers if they give him opportunities to take off by bringing so many people but not, you know, vacating in the middle of the field? Can he Is he athletic enough to do that? Yes. That's the part I haven't seen him. You know, I saw in spring game, I saw him move around a little bit and throw the ball, but I didn't see him take off enough to know if he can do that type of thing. I think so. I think he can, uh, from what I've heard about him and from right. watching his high school highlights. Then, yeah, like he's he's not going to get confused with Lamar Jackson or anything no. like that. But, or really, Randall Cunningham. Or no. Randall Cunningham, but no, he can uh, he can pick up yards with his legs if he needs to. I mean, he's okay. a pass first guy. Like he wants to stay in the pocket and find open receivers down the field and show off that arm talent that he has, and he does have some serious arm talent. But no, nah, he's. Like he he's more athletic than Keaton Slovis. That's for damn sure. If there is I know, a where, I know where Slovis is gonna be. He's gonna be having a ham sandwich back there about now, uh, probably about 12 yards. He'll be back there eating ham and cheese. 
waiting to be hit, I hope. Well, can the Mormons eat ham? I think they're allowed to do that. They just can't have any – they can't have coffee to go with the ham sandwich. Okay, because my people can't eat the ham, so I don't know. Well, I eat the ham for your people. Don't worry about that. No, thank you for your service, Buck. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate that one. Yes, there. I'll do the ham for your people. Your people Good. not ham having ham. I'm doing it for them. Goodness gracious. All right. So I'd love to do a few more sponsors. Got about 10 minutes in today's show. Uh we will get into the odds, by the way. We talked a little bit about Dusty Baker retiring, and there's a press conference down in H Town at eleven o'clock today where he will make that announcement official. We've got some odds for who Dusty Baker's replacement is going to be. We can mention those in a moment, but but Great. How about the Texas Orthopedics? Love the folks at Texas Orthopedics for sure. Now, if you've got a bad back like I do and, and you're going to have to have surgery, I mean, it generally is the last, as I call it, BK. When you get to Texas Orthopedics, it's the last stop on the bus stop uh, for, for surgery. They don't want to do surgery. They don't want you to have to have surgery. And Dr. Danny and Chris Stockton, or they're the very best at, at what they do. So whether it's, ortho, whether it's orthopedic care, rheumatology, whether you have to have a, a knee replaced, ankle replace, shoulder replacements, they do it all. As a matter of fact, Dr. Danny had seen me one time about replacing this bad shoulder of mine that had been dislocated and had surgery on. He wanted to do total reconstruction on it, but he gave me the old, it'll take up to a year, Buck, before we I said, a year? Who knows if the Buck has a year? We can't do that. We got to get back on the golf course. So they'll do surgical and non-surgical treatments for you. And folks, they are absolutely the very best. They're one of the top uh, – Orthopedic, some of the orthopedic, they're tops in the business when it comes to orthopedic care for sure. Just give them a call, check them out at txortho.com. That's txortho.com. Whether it's surgery or non surgical, see our friends at Texas Orthopedics. Yes, indeed. And a reminder to please like the video if you haven't yet. We really do appreciate Rue for commenting that, but also all of you guys for watching us. Yeah, thanks for watching today. There's a lot of folks checking us out today. Yeah, been a great week. Been a great week here on TSU. Buck, have you ever heard of an average blue heron? No, I've not heard of an average blue heron. No, not whatsoever. Not with the doggo up there. They don't exist. Great blue heron, the bird, they're always great. And great blue heron furniture is always great, too. Custom leather furniture company that's been around since 91. They make the best furniture that you can find. This stuff is great looking. This stuff is great feeling, right? It's incredibly comfortable, and this stuff is incredibly well-built as well. Great Blue Heron Furniture is built to last for decades, not just for years. This is the highest quality, best-looking furniture that you can find anywhere in the world. If you're watching on YouTube, the video description below. There's a lot going on in that video description, by the way. Uh, discounts and info about our advertisers and plenty of ways for you to Cash in on what we've got going on here at Texas Sports Unfiltered. There's a link to the TSU collection at greatblueheronfurniture.com in the YouTube description. And if you type in the promo code HOOKEM, you're going to get 15% off your purchase at Great Blue Heron Furniture. And here's what I'm going to do. If you uh, buy something from Great Blue Heron Furniture and you send me a picture uh, via email or via DM that you've bought a piece from Great Blue Heron Furniture, I'm going to send you a last stand hat. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to hook you up. So Great Blue Heron Furniture is giving you 15% off. I'm also going to throw in a last stand hat if you could prove that you buy something from greatblueheronfurniture.com. And you shouldn't do it just for the hat. The furniture is freaking gorgeous. Uh, and everyone's going to love it. You're going to love it. The fam's going to love it. Everyone who comes into your home is going to love it as well. Check them out online at greatblueheronfurniture.com. 
Com. How did the randomizer do with the Cabo Babos? How did that work out? Uh, good. We got somebody, and uh, we're in contact. I passed off his information to uh, nice. my girl Marissa over at Cabo Bob's and $150 catering gift certificate. Man, that would be good for a game, wouldn't it? After every Texas win, we'll be giving out a $150 Cabo Bob's catering gift certificate. And, hey, if Texas loses, which we hope doesn't happen, uh, someone's still going to be a winner because we'll be giving away a $25 Cabo Bob's gift card. So we want winners. Like That's right. We want winners. Is right. So we want we, winners. We want that $150 gift card. We don't want the $25 no. gift card. But uh, you're always a winner when you go to Cabo Bob's, man. Freaking love that place. And shout At- out to – Speaking of restaurants, we love Jack Allen's Kitchen, too. Definitely. Yes, indeed. I'm not going there for a third day. No, I'm oh. staying away today. I don't want to. It's not that I that I, that I I I don't want to. I just I have other things to do. I can't spend my afternoon sitting there just watching the TV sets outside and having jambalaya. I can't do a jambalaya three days in a row. I could. I could do. I could do their trout or their their quesadillas, but not don't. today. I'm gonna stay away from that. Yeah, don't let somebody do, else enjoy their food today. Don't do any fish, please. Some AM stuff right there, man. Yeah, we got to talk about the Aggies this week, too, when we get that, that opportunity. Are the Aggies playing football this week? It's like they've been off for like six weeks. Well, Did they, they play football? They've played like they've been off for the last, you know, 80 years, right? What in the heck? Who do the Aggies have this week? Oh, they've got the Cox, South oh, they Carolina. Are? Ooh, that, I hope that's a home game and not on the road for them. That's yeah, it's a homer. In there. It's at Kyle. Mm-hmm. You know what? Looking like a 5,000-unit play there, Mr. Jack Allens. Yeah. On Looking who? Like, yeah. On who? On on the Aggies. What? That's right. You're going to put – That's right. Dude, like- <laughs> do, you like, do you like losing money? No. That looks like a winner. South Carolina, you, Aggies you, at home. You know what the number is? Home. What? Oh, please yes. tell me the eight. Guess what? Eight. Give me a break, dude. It's 14 and a half. Oh. You want 5,000 units on the Aggies? I don't know if I'd take AM minus 14 and a half against Austin High right now. That's a lot of points, man. Yeah. I thought we were going to get eight and a half, not even oh. 10. No, South Giving Carolina. 1400s. South Carolina's two and five this year. They suck. Are they playing? Is that little freckle face kid still playing quarterback? Yeah, Rattler. We got the Goldilocks blonde at, at K-State. We got the little freckle face kid at uh, Rattler still quarterbacking, huh? Yep, he's still mm-hmm. there. He still sucks. <laughs> I'm taking the Aggies. I'm not afraid. Okay. Well, today's, no, today's no. Thursday. You can declare as early as Thursday for your 5,000-unit play. No, place. okay. Well, I'm just using that as my 1,000-unit play. Okay. You're currently down 10,000 units. Just a reminder. For you and the people out there. So uh, I would advise everybody listening to the sound of my voice right now to uh, put some coin on South Carolina. Stop, stop. I'm not doing it. I'm starting to bleed. Okay. I'm starting to bleed. Starting to? Yes, I'm just bleeding a little bit. You've been gushing blood all year from the (laughs) jugular. I'm bleeding from my armpits. No, the Aggies are out. I want to, but 14 and a a hook? Yeah, and a hook. Can they yep. score that many points at all? <laughs> That's what I'm worried about. No, I'm not doing. It. I'll have I'll have my plays tomorrow. Okay, we got a lot coming up tomorrow. Lee Sterling will join us. If you actually want to make some money, you you listen to Lee because he's yeah. awesome at handicapping games. Jeff Howell will hopefully join us too to talk more Texas BYU. 
And, uh, of course, we're loaded all day long right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Chaos Theory coming up next, then hanging with Harge, then Trey and BK, then Chip and Zay, then Trey and Kevin this afternoon from 3 to 5. We're loaded all day long. Special thanks to all of our great sponsors as well. You mentioned Alt- Altstadt Brewery and Woods Comfort Systems and Top Gun. Relax the back. Relax the back. All of them. We love all of our great sponsors. We are grateful for their support of Texas Sports Unfiltered, and we are grateful for y'all's support of Texas Sports Unfiltered. And we're grateful to hand things off to these two dudes right now. Rodney and Wags with a little chaos theory. What's up, gentlemen? Morning, boys. How we Morning. doing? There we are. I was going to say Mike's muted. Mike's muted as usual when Rodney, we come you in all, here. You okay with How Dusty you Baker? You okay with Dusty Baker retiring, saying that's truly it this time? Substitute teacher's now gone. He did a hell of a job, I mean, didn't never he? Never say never, right? I mean, but I think this is the last. I think this is the last send off for Dusty. You know, I do he's too. Done it, he's done it before, and uh, I mean, it's on his own terms. You know what I mean? Like he's ha- I mean, what? What else does he have to prove, Buck? You know, like I, I heard I mean, you guys I'll... break it down too. Like it's 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 done. Like he's he's yeah. one of the most you know well known uh, well known um, managers in baseball, and well was one of the well, most well known base, uh, managers in baseball. He doesn't have any more to prove, Buck. Yeah, he's had a wonderful yeah. career. This this was something right here, this situation that he walked into. I mean, it was something that only he, somebody like he, was going to be able to to walk into this and keep them on track. I mean, it, it was going to take a baseball dude like that. So, you know, I, I know a lot of folks, even the other night, are questioning some of his calls. I was questioning his call, J.P. France, all this other stuff. But still, man, you look at this resume, this dude, this dude's a legend. Good for him. Able to walk yeah. away on his own terms. Amen. All right, boys, you guys have a good one. I'm going to go out in the weather there. A lot oh, yeah. of it. There's a lot of it happening. You know what? I got there to Atlanta. I was 